What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Courtside Sign Off Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shimanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future jiu-jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. We got a lot of stuff on the docket today, boys. We got UFC 290 to go over, UC Vegas 77, which is going down this Saturday, as well as a boatload of news, multiple heavyweight fights announced, one in boxing, one in MMA. Uh, before we get into that news and uh, obviously previews and recaps, I want to go ahead and shout out to sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. That's code Saddle for both of those. Rogue Energy keep me fueled up, keep me going through my day, no matter what type of day I'm having. Yesterday, you know what? Super busy. You know, I had to had to take some animals to the vet, had to had to run around, had to hit the gym. I was very very busy. But you know what? Rogue Energy helped me, keep me fueled up, made it all happen. And they can also help you with code Saddle for ten percent off at checkout. Elixir is the exact opposite end. If you want some Delta 8, 9, 10, AGC quality products, go over there, elixir.com, code SOUNDOFF for 10% off, get you very calm, get you very high. And once again, code SOUNDOFF, code SOUNDOFF for both sponsors. Last Saturday night from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, international fight, we came to a head, UFC 290, and, uh, Angel, dude, one of the greatest UC cards of all time. I, I gotta just ask, before we even break into the recaps and start talking about the fights themselves, where does this kind of roughly stat rank all time? I saw some people comparing it to UFC 217, comparing it to UFC 100, comparing it to a lot of these incredible cards over time. Where does this kind of rank in history for you? It has to be up there, right? Like, you have to have rate it highly. It had everything from storylines to great fights to quick finishes to short notice fights uh to upsets what else do you want you know it was it was just a perfect uh mixture of everything and it was international fight week you had a uh, kind of a, there was a, there was someone representing every part of the group you had african fighters you had australian fighters you had american fighters you had south american fighters you had everything that you could have wanted on this card and more mm-hmm. yeah man i mean for me personally i i got done with the card I was like, dude, that is just, I mean, it's in the, it's probably, it's top five, I think, probably for me all time. I mean, off, off the top of my head, just a couple of other ones, obviously. I was a big fan of UC 217. UC 189 was a banger. Um, that was the, the Connor, you know, Mendez one with Rory and Robbie. Um, UC 206 is a personal one of mine that I really, really like, you know. Um, but there's tons of good ones, and this is, it's going to go down as one of the all-time greatest cards in, in mixed martial arts history, especially UFC history. Um, but nonetheless, dude, in the main event, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, dude, he made it look easy. He looks like a man amongst boys in the featherweight division. He gets a third-round knockout win over Yair Rodriguez. He hurt him with just some this is a little minor thing i got to throw in there. Volkanovsky, Angel, there are a few things more beautiful in MMA than Volkanovsky switching stance. Because he nails you with a little a little check hook coming in. And that's the way that he hurt Yair, man. He hit him with a little check right hook as he was stepping in. Switch stances, lands a combination, throws him down like a child, and then just gets a knockout win. The finishing sequence is incredible. The fight itself was dominant. And it's another title defense for the great man from Australia. What do you think about that win for Alexander the Great Wolskanovsky? It, it was awesome, man. I mean, like you said, the, the, that's, that has to be one of the best 
ending sequences in a championship fight, right? <laughs> it's just how he picked him up, slammed him down. Dude, at first I thought he was going to go arm bar of the way he was holding the arm. And I was like, oh shit, that kind of goes hard. But he just went straight into pounding him, which I mean, that, that was probably the more intelligent thing to do. But at first he kind of he had me going because I was like, no way he's about to do it like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Regardless though, uh, no, I mean, like you said, the combination, it was just the fact that he got him as he opened up because it all started with Ayuri. Ayuri threw his he threw his left and his right, then he went kick to body, opening up that whole opposite side. And like you said, Walt capitalized on that, and he got him right there clean because he was he was just wide open for the taking. Um, I mean, what else can you say about this guy? I mean, he's getting himself in that all time talk. You know what I mean? The way he's looking, and as far as like his actual fighting and fight IQ, he's having like those. Demetrius Johnson kind of looks and, and, and the GSP kind of levels. He's looking like the, the, you know, not to sound a little cringy, but the ultimate fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like he's really looking like the complete fighter. Yeah. Uh, and that's awesome. I mean, that's what you want to see out of a champion, a guy who could do it all and in an MMA. And obviously there's a, you look at all the guys and they kind of have their, their wheelhouse. You know, you have Islam with, you know, Samba slash wrestling. You got Izzy with kickboxing. You got a, uh, Aljamain with the wrestling, but you look at, at uh, Vulcan, he's kind of developing into like a complete fighter. He just kind of does it all. Obviously, he might, you know, he's maybe not a uh, Charles Oliveira on the ground. He's not, you know, uh, uh, Israel Adesanya in the kickboxing range, but he, he, he does it all and he does it all very well and highly. And it's not, and it's so good that it's not a, it's not like an MMO character where, you know, like, it's going to sound weird. I'm making an MMO character comparison here, but like, you want to be really good at, at things because if you're just okay at everything, you're just going to be okay. You're not going to stand at any department and be able to, you know, do anything great. So, but he's managed to find a way to kind of like, I think it's it's really his IQ more than anything. I mean, he's just such a smart fighter. I mean, you can go back on the show, Josh. It was, it was quite some time before I ever like, I'd say gave any sort of respect to Alexander Volkanovsky. I think even at the time when he was going into the Aldo fight, you can go back and listen to that episode. I just, I, I didn't see it, and granted, I don't think the guy of then is the guy of now. I think if Volkanovski now were to fight the Volkanovski of then, the Volkanovski now would beat up the Volkanovski who bought Jose, who fought Jose Aldo. I mean, I think it's a significantly better fighter, a significantly more intelligent fighter, and he just he just knows how to do everything he wants to do and comfortably, and he's just doing it. He doesn't it doesn't take a lot, just not delayed reaction. It's it's just natural to him, and I think that's what's making him so such a special uh, athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And he really is. I mean, he, we kind of laughed about it, but he is the ultimate fighter. There's not a single aspect in which you're going to step into the, the cage with Alexander Volkanovsky and, and be better than him at, be better than him at that one particular aspect. Like, even a guy like Islam Makachev, who was like, I mean, I, I hate to go back to that fight, but that fight is still so impressive to me. I mean, he was facing the champion, a guy who had literally, I mean, the only guy to ever even compete with Islam in the grappling with Arma, was Armand Saruki, the only other guy to compete. And even Armand did not win those exchanges. Granted, he was younger, short notice, that sort of thing. Volkanovski came up from a weight class, was able to compete with him, win exchanges. I don't see how anybody at Featherweight's going to do that, you know what I mean? But I also know that nobody at Featherweight's going to be able to beat him on the feet either. I also know that nobody at Featherweight's going to be able to out-heart Alexander Volkanovski. I know nobody uh, at featherweight has a better fight IQ than Alexander Volkanovski. I mean, just as a, like an example, I mean, you went in and said that um, we kind of didn't really give him his, his just due until probably longer in, in his title reign than it probably should have taken. 
Um, and I think part of that was that rematch with Max Holloway, and we're big Max Holloway guys, where I think that Volkanovski lost that fight. But even then, in that fight, I mean, you, you saw kind of what was going to come to be, where Volkanovski got straight up dominated the first two rounds, got dropped, you know, in both rounds, and then he was able to use his fight IQ, calm down, get himself back into the fight, and eventually retain the title. You know, I mean, that's, there's there's not a single aspect of MMA that you're going to dominate or be able to um, be better than Alexander Volkanovsky at for a long stretch of time. Yair had moments. I mean, you got to give him credit. Yair gave it his all, dude. I mean, he, yeah, yeah. he went in there. He did not go in there trying to survive. You know what I mean? He did not go in there trying to just, you know, make it to a decision. He went in there trying to go in there and try and knock out the, the featherweight champion of the world and try and, you know, stamp his claim as being the best 145-pound fighter on the planet. Didn't work out for him, but it was still a very entertaining fight. In regards to what is next, Alexander Volkanovski did come out and say afterwards that he does need surgery, which, due to the timetable, it is expected to potentially keep him out of a potential rematch with Islam Makhachev later this year. That being said, he also had a face-off with Ilya Taporia afterwards. He's also said that he'd be willing to fight Aljamain Sterling, who said he's interested in coming over to featherweight. If you had to guess... What do you think's next for Alexander Volkanovski at this stage? Ah, God. I mean, there, like, there's a myriad of options for him, man. Uh, it just kind of depends on the time his timetable to recovery goes, where the UFC wants to do the events at. If you want, I'm assuming they want these fights on a pay per view, which is another thing. Uh, they're all great options. I mean, if if Aljamain comes up after, if, if he does beat Sean, you know, obviously that's an option there. Ilya is always an option. I mean, he he kind of I feel like he's kind of more leaning this way a little bit just because I think he went he went on the Hawani show right, and he said you know he's like don't fight Max, let me be the one to beat you, which kind of makes me think like he's giving a lot of Max respect there because he can see Max beating Ilya, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was that was something little 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 tiny thing I noticed there. Uh, by the way, Max Ilya is like a matchup that I'd be so down for that I kind of want to happen. I don't. I'm not gonna lie to you. Actually, I'll be selfish. I want it to happen. I'll be honest, but. Uh, <laughs> 155 Islam is one that I think we have to see again no matter what, man. Like, you, we kind of got, there was just too much there. There was a little, there's, there's something there. There's some substance there, you know? Like, we need to run that back one more time. Uh, I, I think we, that, that book is in, uh, that chapter isn't closed on that book yet. Uh, and I think, uh, to talk a little bit about Yair a little bit here, I kind of want to double back to him. Yeah, he ended up getting the, 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 the win, but, uh, I think he showed some good moments. He had a little, you know, a little uh, highlights here and there, and I think even in bulk game props afterward, he said, you know, I you really you really made me prepare for this one, man. Like, you know, and it's not like he doesn't prepare a lot for all his other fights, but he said he really had to like dial in on this one and uh, and lock in on it. And I thought he was looking good at the start of the third. He kind of opened up sadly, a little momentum momentum slowed down with the headbutt, man. Uh, I don't think it played that much of a factor going forward. Like, I don't think that would have been that was the end all be all, but it kind of does suck because. He, it does make you wonder a little bit what what could have been if it didn't happen. But regardless, the Volker was coming forward at that point, so maybe it still would have been the same outcome. Uh, regardless, though, I do think, though, Josh, we have we have another matchup on 145. Arnold Allen, yeah, your Rodriguez is the easiest match to make right now, right? Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that's actually not a bad fight to make. Um, I'd be totally down for that one. Then, Although, you, I will admit, I had not you, thought of it, so maybe it's not as... <laughs> are, you, are you DTF, Josh? Dude, I, you know me. I'm always DTF. I'm always DTF to see these fights, man. What are you? What are you talking about, man? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I agree with most of what you said. I think Arnold Allen for Yair Rodriguez, that's a pretty good fight. I didn't think about that one off the top of my head, but, you know, if you take a look at the rest of the division, there's not really many other people for him left. So, I mean, most of the guys at Featherweight are actually tied up. I mean, Sephori is not, but Holloway's going to be fighting the Korean Zombie, you know what I mean? Like, Brian Ortega's out right now due to injury, so there's been, uh, there's not many guys left for him to fight, so we'll see what happens, but. Dude, I think we should go ahead and move on to the co-main event, because the co-main event, UC 290, I fucking told people. I fucking told people for a long time. I'm like, Alexander Pantoja, if you pay attention, this guy is so violent, he's so entertaining, and he's going to be the next flyweight champion. He ended up doing so, although uh, Brandon Moreno, the assassin baby, putting in a hell of an effort. The fight of the year. I don't think anybody's going to dethrone these two. I, I It'd be very, very tough to do so. In the end, it ends up being the cannibal who gets the nod by split decision. Afterwards, he gets on the mic, and for a guy who's normally so stoic and normally so violent, he gave an emotional post-fight speech. It was an incredible moment. What do you think about Pantoja pulling off the upset and going 3-0 and in the series with Brandon Moreno? It was a banger of a fight, man. One of the best fights I've seen. I mean, it's up there, you know, as far as fights that I've, I've had the pleasure of actually getting to watch. Obviously, I wasn't there in person, but, you know, live on TV, uh, it, it's up there for all time. Uh, I don't know where I would rank it, but uh, it, it was so good. Uh, and as far as like the 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 whole uh, afterwards and all that super emotional, you know, beautiful moment, and and all the stuff that came afterwards about him still driving, being an Uber each driver, like not even that long ago, crazy man to even think. But the, but we're we're not here to talk about fighter fate. We do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, that won't be an issue now. I think he'll be. I don't think we'll be going back to Uber Eats for a while. Uh. <laughs> Fuck, dude, Brandon gave it to him, man. Look, this, and also, this, this just goes to show, man, by the way, that one score card for Brandon was terrible. I do, th- I do think there is a world where you can score the fight for Brandon, but not the way that judge did. Uh, and also, this goes to show, like, a scorecard can be wide, cause you know, you could score it 4-1 Pantoja, and I don't disagree with you. And the fight can be hella fucking close. You know, this, I think this is actually a perfect example of that, Josh. Uh, because if you look at the stats, I think Brandon outlanded him in al- almost every round. He outlanded him in total strikes as a whole. Uh, and, uh, I also saw, like, a very compelling argument. I, I saw on Twitter someone gave up actually a very compelling argument for Brandon 3-2, which is actually very, I, I thought that was actually very good the way they broke it down. They made a lot of points. They showed a lot of rules. Shout out to Lamo on Twitter. Uh, he was actually one of the more, uh, respectable people who've actually, like, actually constructed something well on Twitter. I just wanted to give him a quick shout out because I, I like the way he constructed it and showed actual UFC rules, showed actual moments and fights, highlighted them with videos and stuff, so. I don't know if he makes any sort of content, but I just wanted to put that out there if anybody was interested in it. Uh, and I thought it was interesting too because I, I was listening to Big John this morning. He also said he had a 3-2 Brandon. So, you know, and he also said he didn't have an issue with Pantoja winning the fight. So I just wanted to put that out there. By the way, I mean, these guys, these guys are close in competition now, man. Like, and th- this whole weight class is, is just tight knit. There's, you know, they've all fought each other at least once, maybe even twice at this point. Uh, some of them going on four or three, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was telling Josh before in the in, in the green room, I'm like, dude, 125 is a clusterfuck, you know? I feel like uh, no matter what, like at some point in time, like no matter what, I don't think they're going to do this. I didn't think they would run Brandon Pantoja back instantly because it, it doesn't make sense to do it this quick. And plus that those guys, I think, I think Pantoja should take the rest of the year off regardless. Just because I was, you know, I think that's the first war he's ever had in a while. And, you know, take the moment in, embellish it. You know, you had to wait so long for it. Why not enjoy it, you know? That's the other thing. Enjoy champ life while you have it, because it's not going to last forever either. You know what I mean? 
Uh, you know, kind of a uh, we were talking about how Brandon Revelle was actually supposed to go in the cage, and uh, well, the fight before Drikus beat Robert Whitaker, which we'll get into that later. Izzy went into the cage. We'll also talk about that later. And Revelle said, you know, he was supposed to go into the cage to face off with the winner of that fight, but he said once Izzy went in there, he said he knew he wasn't going to get into the cage after that. So <laughs> it looks like we're probably going to get Brandon Royal Ball potentially in the next fight, but at the same time, the fight was such a banger that UFC might run it back. Regardless, though, I feel like Brandon should take some time, man. I mean, he's been in so many wars. I feel like he also could get the Colby Covington treatment and get this fight regardless if Pantoja does have one in between, which there's nothing wrong with. And Brandon's so young, too. He's he's 29. He's going on 30 here soon. I mean, he he's fine. You know, he can take some time here, and he's made some pretty good money. I think it'd be a pretty intelligent move to go forward. In my opinion, I do personally think I'd love to see them run back Roy Val, or I'd love to see him run Roy Val Bozzi as the next matchup. Winner gets that fight, gives Pantoja some extra little time to recover. We get another top ranked flyweight matchup in there. On top of that, we get some other contenders in the flight division, flyweight division rolling and kind of coming up. Obviously, we got Mohamed Makayev there, Manel Cape, Steve Ursik, who's a new guy in the picture, new guy on the block in Australia. So, I, I would just really like some some time to be drawn out in division as well, so we can kind of get another guy coming up on the way. Because if not, we're kind of going to get stuck here with some of the older guys, at least personally in my opinion. And uh, I think it'd be for one, I think it'd be great for Abazi because he gets his his night solidified win over a, a ranked guy, and uh, obviously after having the controversial win over over Kaikara. And for Brandon, I mean, he's not that far removed from the. Uh, from the Pantoja loss. I know it was in 2021. Josh already gave me the oh, shit about it, guys. I know, but I, I really don't. I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but it's, but you know, I, it will be a bigger fight. No matter what, all yeah. these fights are great. I think that is one thing, thing uh, personally that I want to make clear. I'm not going to have any issue with any of the fights. I don't think, if they give the fights to fucking Abwazi, Kaikara, which I mean, I don't, I don't think they'll give it to Kaikara, but, uh, Revolve, they're all great fights. I'm not going to be mad if they give it to anybody. I think that'll all be fun regardless, and all those guys are going to get their, sh- their shot eventually. So, I mean, I, it's just kind of my outlook, in my opinion, on kind of the direction I like to see them go. Yeah, you know, admittedly, um, here's my issue with that, and and I'll also I'll say this straight up front. I'll put my cards out on the table, just offer my opinion straight up front. I am going to go fucking insane if I have to watch another Brandon Moreno get get another title shot. I'm sorry. See, I just I, I don't think they'll run it back though. Just I no 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 I know. No, but Dana, fight, Dana already fight said again. like you know Dana already think, said yeah. Dana didn't rule it out too. Yeah, he and didn't I know rule how it much, out. I don't think you're, but, but Josh, I don't think it's so much as like the next fight as far as like, like I think those guys are very likely to fight again no matter what. Like Brandon is not going to have a fight in between. Yeah, no, I don't dispute that. I don't dispute that. It's more, I'm just saying that I, I, I don't, I don't want to see them fight immediately. I just, I can't. I, I like Brandon Moreno much as much as the next guy. You know what I mean? But it's been three years. By the way, you're the only guy I've seen with this opinion, by the way. I, I've, I've been on Twitter a lot, and uh, like I tell yeah. you, I'm in the card community, and no one has an issue with them running that fight back. No, of course not, because, I mean, it, it's just everybody everybody loves Brandon Moreno. I understand why, but I'm saying if there were – I've never seen a fighter. Like, if he gets if he gets this title shot, it'd be fucking insane to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's already had – he's already got it, I mean – it's crazy though, but but if you're being honest, this is one of the like the only weight class where they can really get away with this. Well, like I said, you I, got I Col- know, I know. Like, that's like I said, they got one seventy. Colby Covington, man, that, that's another. Man, that's another. But you know, oh, well, they're not can. getting away with that though. People are pissed. That's what I'm saying. They're not yeah. getting away with it. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, they can get away with their flyweight because I mean, I fucking, I, I, I'm the only person who gave a fuck that Alexander Pantoja had to wait like a year and a half to get a title shot to begin with. I, like, I mean, this this fight should have happened when it was. A they didn't even. Weekend, they so. didn't even fucking. They, most people don't even know these motherfuckers already fought like twice. You know what I mean? Like, 
Dude, did you do you ever go and read some comments and they they have no idea that they had already fought or? Oh yeah, you read not only that, they they had already fought twice. I mean, they usually put the they put the two on the post and said it's a rematch. If you don't want to count the, count the tough fight, they sometimes come, sometimes don't for whatever reason. I don't. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know why they don't count the tough fights as actual fights on the record, dude. I, that's the weird thing. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It makes no sense. I wonder if they count it if it goes to the third round. Um, I don't know. I don't think, think that's a good, maybe it actually, but I don't know. I'm, I'm dumb, so don't listen to me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for full disclosure, I guess I should say how I, what I thought about the fight. I gave, uh, I gave Alexander Pantoja, I gave him round one, three, four, and five. I think four, you can definitely make a good case for Brandon Moreno, and afterwards I was still like, I don't know, you know. I'm pr- still pretty iffy on that one. I haven't gone back and rewatched the fight. Uh, I just haven't had time, but admittedly, uh, yeah, I thought Alexander Pantoja uh, won four one on the night of. I definitely could see a case for three two. I don't think I could see a case for Brandon Moreno winning. Um, just personally, because I understand the argument, I understand the damage versus grappling argument, uh, but also in some of those later rounds, like round five, he really didn't land much to begin with. There wasn't much damage from Brandon Moreno because Alexander Pantoja was on like you know white on rice to begin with. So. Um, yeah, I mean, in in regards to Angel, you sent me something. Oh. Yeah, 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 it was just it was just a one the guy the thing I had mentioned earlier with Lamo. Word. All right, all right. And yeah, no, check it out later. Okay. Yeah, I oh yeah, I saw this post. I didn't agree. Hey, but I thought he for once though, like you know, when someone just says like I disagree and they just lay out their scorecard, I thought there was actually one of the more educated people who actually kind of try to make an actual compelling argument with actual facts and kind of stuff to back it up. And actual good points where we usually get people who are just like, just on the opposite with those. Yeah, we just of say like, like robbery and they don't have any. Not even that, but they just don't try to build a case for it or like they dispute your opinion in any sort of like, in a compelling way, you know what I mean? Like, explain. Yeah. Like, sometimes that's all I need. Like, I don't, there's no issue with disagreeing. There's nothing with disagreeing, you know what I mean? Like, that's another people. I don't know. No, that's, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with disagreeing with people. Like I said, I don't, I don't hate Brandon Moreno. I'm actually, I'm, I like, like Brandon Moreno. It's just, I don't think he won that fight, and I don't, I don't think, I think it'd be insane if they gave him a, an instant rematch. Um, but I don't have any ill will towards anybody that thought Brandon Moreno won. Let me be clear. Like rounds, you know, two. I I could see you giving him. I mean, I gave him two. Four was pretty close. I guess you could hypothetically give him three. You know, but I I wouldn't give him three or four. But you get you get what I'm saying. I understand. I understand the argument. Um, in regards to this fight, though, um, I thought Pantoja deserved the nod. I personally, in regards to what's going to happen next, I think that. I think it should be Brandon Roy Val. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I I get the Amir Albazi argument. And I get your argument about the, having a potential title eliminator fight. At the same time, though, um, I think it also just depends on timelines. I think if Alexander Pantoja feels good enough to go by like October, not October. That's that's too soon. By like November or December, then I don't think you should book that fight. I think you should just give Brandon Roy Val the title shot. Um, I understand it'd be a rematch, but like, what are what else are you gonna do? You. You mean, you, you can just make poor Pantoja sit around? Because Pantoja, like I said, most people don't know this, but he already had to wait around for like a year and a half to get a title shot to begin with. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know if he'll want to sit By the way, the top of that division so fucked right now. Like, <laughs> I'd say the only guy who's in a shitty spot to, like, get himself in the title shot is, like, Amir Balzi, dude. But, like, if you look at it, Nikolai coming off the Revell loss, Kai Carl coming off the Brandon loss, uh... 
Perez. He. It's been a while since he fought, right? Uh, I think Alex Perez just lost to somebody. I can't remember who it is though. Yeah, clearly, that wasn't that long ago. But that meant no cape. Did he lose to no cape? I feel like doesn't. That might be. Incredible. Oh, never mind. Never mind. He was scheduled multiple times. He was supposed to fight Manel Cape in March. Uh, Pantoja, Pantoja last defeated him in July. That's yeah. That's who I thought. Yeah. See what I mean? Like <laughs> this division is a shitty spot. And like I said, you got to go all the way back to eight and nine. You got Matt Schnellman, Cape, Tim Elliott, Muhammad Makai right there, and then Sumata Jiri, who was probably taking some time off at twelve. So yeah. Quick, yeah. quick, quick class is a tough spot, man. That's what I'm saying. I feel like they really need to like draw stuff out and let some of these guys like weed each other out. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing though, is that also, dude, is like, you're not enti- you're not wrong. Like, the division is fucked. Most of those guys have already fought each other. Like, they've already. But the reason why that's already happened is because we we spent three years letting two dudes just fight each other every six months. You know what I mean? Like, that whenever whenever you just spend like three years of just letting guys fight each other over and over and over again, like. Like I said, we, we did we did have that unfortunate look of this that Pantoja Moreno fight not happening when it was originally scheduled. You know, I feel like yeah. we would have been in a pretty comfortable spot if that fight had happened then. But now, hopefully, we can get back to normal. Hopefully, but I don't know. Flyway, don't have any optimism for because UC doesn't give a fuck, so they'll probably go for like whatever the easiest like decision is that can like because they don't really care about any of these guys. They're just gonna do whatever the easiest and potential the most profitable they're, one is. They're gonna they're gonna cuck us and they're gonna fucking give them they're gonna they're gonna skip Ravel. They're like, yeah, dude, you thought you were gonna go into the kitchen? Yeah, we're going to Bozzi, dude. <laughs> I know. I think I I don't even think it's all I don't even think Albazi's a part of it. I think it's I think it's Roy Val and Moreno. That's it. I think that's that's I think that's the conversation. You know are you you're excited for your Roy Val, Brandon Moreno rematch up, dude, title of it. Dude, please stop. <laughs> you know, you know, dude, and they, and once again, they fought before. But you know, you know, Josh, there's a storyline, though, of Ravel got hurt in that one. And then Moreno, you know, he took his opportunity to fight for the title, because then Moreno fought for the title. Yeah. And he went to a draw. And that was, dude, crazy how the timeline would be different. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I, I think about that sometimes. We've talked about it on the show before, but like, Brandon Roy Val was like a, a a freak broken arm away from potentially just fucking up the whole timeline of the UFC. You know what I mean? Because that fight was competitive too in that first round before he got hurt. So, um, yeah, big what if there. But nonetheless, I think it's about time to move on because middleweights, middleweights, man. Uh, Holy shit! Yeah, this is this is this is MMA at its finest, my man. Um, Drikus Duplessis, huge underdog. Nobody's giving him a shot. He goes in there and he stuns the Reaper, Robert Whitaker. Gets him out of there in the second round. First round was competitive, but in the final seconds, Drikus got a takedown, kind of flipped the script on him. And then in that second round, he came out, dropped him with a short right hook, and uh, then had a face-off and conversation with Israel Adesonia, which, you know, I don't... <laughs> It's very controversial, but what do you think about the fight itself before we go and get a break into the potential Izzy fight? Bro, talk about, like, one of the most shocking moments in my time of watching. It's it's, it's up there, you know? Uh, and, look, I am, like, one of the few that I, like, I had known about Drikas before, probably a few years back, because he had fought Roberto Solidic, and I was really interested in Roberto Solidic as a prospect potentially coming into UC at some point. Then I'm going to one, has had his struggles there. Regardless, though... They fought twice, and I remember one of the big things was uh, for going into that fight. Roberto said that, and he made the mistake in the first fight of like uh, he was having some diet. Like he's, he really was in like 
eating properly. He and also he came a little he came a little bigger for that weight. So fights because he he had heard that Jukic was really 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 physically strong, cut a lot of weight. So he was like he wanted to match that as well. And he said it kind of ended up kind of uh, backfiring. And then when he came into the next fight, he kind of dialed in on his diet, dined in on his food, came in at a comfortable weight, and it you know he ended up getting the 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 nod that time around. So that's kind of how when I, I had first seen Drikas, and I knew of his talents. I mean, I knew what he could poss- possibly do, man. He's very, you know, uh, gifted as far as his physical ability. And look, he does a lot of things just like, just through, he's just one of those brute force, you know. He has a lot of power. He comes forward, and uh, you saw his gas tank might have actually helped. So new mythical fighter unlocked, 100% oxygen intake, Drikas 2 plus C. New mythical fighter has been unlocked, Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. He said he felt great afterwards, and dude, the uh, uh, I saw that they were talking to him in the media room, and he talked about kind of a how his coaches like prepared really well for this fight. They like uh, I don't know if you noticed, but like he came out southpaw for this one. He was switching stances, but apparently the coaches said they had seen him footage that like Robert had been tagged or like times he had been hurt in fights were from a southpaw stance or when punches were thrown from a south, you know, from a southpaw. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing was he, he he fought with a very high guard because. Uh, you know, if you go look at the UFC numbers, you know, they, they keep track of data where, like, majority of punches land. Robert throws, like, 80% to the head and, like, th- like a 13 to the legs and the rest of the body. And, he, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, wow, they really and – you, and you go back and watch the fight, and he did all those things. You're kind of like, shit. All right. First of all, shout-out to the team. Shout-out to Drigas for sticking to the game plan, right, because it ended up working mm-hmm. out. And fighting with some pressure. Fuck, dude. I mean – and and I, I think I even said it in, in the green uh, – when we talked about this fight – uh, the first time I read preview, I'm like, look, he's heavy on top. He does have some submissions. He could do some stuff there. And we saw some of that. We got some glimpses at it. Look, this matchup against Israel Adesanya has got a lot more interesting. There's always some heat behind it. Fuck, man. I, I mean, what do you have to say, Josh? It's sad for Robert Whitaker, but I will say it's sad. But I'm like, realistically, this is probably one of the best things that could happen in this division right now. Yeah, as a Bobby Knuckles fan, Saturday night was a really was a really night really rough night for me. You know, I thought I thought Bobby Knuckles was about to just sleepwalk his way to a. I'm mostly joking. Let me be clear. Like we talked about this like off air, and I I was like, you know, Drinkage probably wins. You know, eight out of ten, not eight times, ten. Excuse me, Robert probably wins eight out of ten times, but like that twenty percent is still really is a big number. That's one in five. You know what I mean? Um, but I thought I thought going to that fight, Robert would potentially like just easily get there. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a struggle for him. I thought Drikas could potentially rock him in the first, maybe, because he just comes out so wild, guns blazing, anything could happen. But I thought Robert Whitaker, you know, he has a good enough chin. You know, he's he's very, he's very, he's very light on his feet, always staying moving, has so much heart. But in the end, dude, I was very, very shocked. I was very, very impressed. Always knew it was a possibility, but seeing it happen is a different thing, man. Um, it was a, I was so impressed, and you're right, dude. That uh, everybody we we joke about it, but he said after the fight, he's like going to that second round. I've never felt more fresh, and you saw it too, because I remember I after that first round, I was like, oh, here's where Robert's going to turn it on. Like that first round was was close. You know, Robert had his moments on the feet. Drigas had his moments on the mat. I was like, this now Robert's going to turn it on here. He's going to put in some work. And instead, dude, Drigas stayed calm. He stayed out there. He stayed collected to get the knockout win. Super impressive. But now we have to talk about the drama. We have right. to talk about the drama because everybody's have, talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. Coming out of the UC 290, it was not Volkanovski. It was not, you know, Pantoja. It was Israel Adesanya getting in the ring, going face to face with Drikas Duplessis, 
and uh, I mean, I I can't say it, but he was saying. It was just, I, I I got you, John. No. <laughs> no, not, don't no 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 don't do it don't do it. It's just, just, but uh, yeah, he got he got in there and he he said. Uh, you you can look said, it up. He he said he said the n word a couple times. Not with not with the hard R, obviously, but the way imagine? that the way I saw people talking online, I mean, you would have thought it was the hard R. You know what I mean? Right. Um, nonetheless, uh, it was a very controversial moment. They were going face to face. Obviously, this was all tied into their back and forth, which they had earlier this year at UC two eighty five media day. I have the literal quote uh, just so we can have that before we break into the conversation itself. This all started back. He used the 285 before his fight against Darren Till. Drinking through Plessis was asked about Israel Adesanya. He said, did those belts ever go to Africa? As far as I know, they came to America and New Zealand. I'm going to take a belt to Africa. I'm the African fighter in the UFC. Myself and Cameron Simon, we breathe African air. We wake up in Africa every day. We train in Africa. We're African-born. We're African-raised. We, African, uh, we still reside in Africa. We train out of Africa. That's an African champion, and that's who we'll be. Since then, they've been very angry at each other. Um, Angel, you have the floor to to because this is a very this is a very big deal. You know, there's nationalities involved. Yeah, race I'm, involved. I'm I'm very passionate about all these topics, man, about race and, and kind of stuff that kind of gets like this and nationalities. Because I have a very different view, and I try to be very neutral. But and I and and uh, and like I said, dude, there's a lot of people who are getting offended. But I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this: all these people getting offended on Twitter look a certain kind of way, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who. But feel free to go, you know, take your look on Twitter, and uh, you know, it's, I don't know. I think that I think that's the were it's they, the wrong. Were they, were they Jan Sixers Angel? Were they hit the? <laughs> that's uh, I've seen all those guys on Twitter. I'm really mad about Izzy saying saying that word. Regardless, man, it's but. just like, and also if that one moment ruined the card for you, dude, like I'm sorry, bro. Like you got other other you, there's other things you should be worried about and i'm kind of scared of the things that definitely do bother you you know what i mean <laughs> Re- regardless though to kind of get into it i think uh, a lot of people are trying to say it's about race it's not so much i don't think it's so much about race about nationality because you gotta you gotta think about uh as someone who comes from like a, a first te- technically i'd be second generation but i say first generation because my my mom wasn't my parents weren't raised in the in the states my mom was born in the states but she she uh she was raised in mexico but they kind of get into it a little bit man you know I get why Izzy feels a certain type of way, man. Because when you have someone saying, questioning your 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 allegiance, your yourself to your country, and the way you look, and and, and let alone someone who doesn't even look like the most of the people on your continent telling you this, you're gonna feel some fucking type of way about it, man. Because I can relate to this in the sense of like, as being a man, I was born in the U.S., you know, and I'm Mexican. I don't know how many people fucking know that. If you don't know now, you fucking know, right? And uh you know, a lot of if if you're someone like me who was born in the, in the U.S. Who, who comes to two Mexican parents, if you go to Mexico, dude, you're not. A lot of people don't they don't look at you as a Mexican because you were born in the U.S. They call you white, which is not at all how I feel. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like I am I am a I'm, I'm a national in the U.S. but I am a, but I am Mexican. I identify as a Mexican. I relate to my Mexican people. I relate to my Mexican roots. You know, I I I, I love the Mexican flag. I love the Mexican people. And for Izzy, man, for someone to come along and say that you're not this African, you got to think about it, dude. You got to think about how proud African people are. Think about you don't have these fucking Russian fighters being like, we're the European champs, you know. You don't have these Brazilian fighters being like, we're the South American champs, you know. You know, you have these guys like like Kamaru and and, and Izzy and uh, Ngannou who, who are Nigerian, one's Cameroon, and 
saying we're the African champs. They're the only people from a country who probably does stuff like that. You know what I mean? You're never going to cast the European guys being like, we're the European champs. You don't have like Islam and fucking and, and Leon being like, yeah, we're, we're the European champs. There's, there's a reason for that. You know, you got to think about that. So when you have this guy coming out here who is a, who is Drikas, who is, is, who lives in South Africa. And like I said, feel free to do your, we're not going to talk about the history here of South Africa. You I, I will in a minute because I, I do think it does have to be said. But it, I mean, it does have to be said. Well, yeah, but I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm not going to get into it. I know, I know. Because I'm not your fucking history teacher. You can, you have the internet. You can get on it. You can do, you, you can do as you please. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, Drikas lives in South Africa. You can go look at the social status of, of, the, of that country and, and the divide and everything and how it is and the people there. And Drikas, who, who lives particularly in one of the cities where most of the population looks like Drikas and not like Izzy. So to have, you know, Drikas say what he's saying to Izzy, it's going to make you feel some fucking type of way in saying that you're not representing your fucking people, man, or, 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 or kind of like looking behind or leaving them behind in some way. It, 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 I, I understand where, the, where that, that fuels that passion and why he, he feels the need to defend himself in this such passionate way. Now, is this, and I'm not, I'm not saying the way he's doing it is right. I'm not saying if it's the way you want to go about it, but I'm saying is the passion and, and, and the way he feels and the anger that there is some sort of thing to warrant the way he feels. So, and, and a lot of people are not going to understand it because they've never been through that. You know, I've, I personally have felt that like, I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't feel like I'm American, but I, when I'm in the U.S., people call me, you know, they see me and I'm Mexican to them, you know, and to have my own people call me white. It, feel, it makes you feel some type of way, you know. So, to, and like I said, that he's getting that from someone who doesn't even look like him, who, who's from the same continent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you you basically said everything that I uh, was going to say for the most part. Um, I can't add my own personal anecdotes like you can. Um, I, it's just, it's just, I'll be straight up. You know, I'm just a fucking white guy. You know, I don't And I, I feel bad. Born. Like I told you, like, yeah. I've listened to a lot of these podcasts and the guys are kind of like, they're kind of on the same boat on you. They're like, yeah, I'm just a regular white dude. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I mean, well, I'm not saying in like a negative way, but like, I don't like, yeah, I'm like, like, I'm like 6% Cherokee. And then I'm basically, the rest is like uh, Russian and, and uh, Irish. So, um, there you go. I mean, I, I don't really have – I can't relate to it in the same way that you can. However, what I can add is that I know a lot about history. I know a lot about, about how this stuff goes. So, I, so like, look, man, I'm not going to say that um, Drikas Duplessis – but also you got to think about this on the inverse. We're talking about, like, apartheid. We're talking about, like, certain issues that have to do with South Africa. and and But he's not responsible for that. He's not. Yeah. But at the same time, we also have to remember Drikas – it's like for those of you that are not aware, like I don't know, uh, the American school school system is fucking terrible. So I I know that most people don't know shit about South Africa. South Africa, you know how like America had slavery up until the Civil War. South Africa did not have slavery, but what they did have is they did have apartheid. Apartheid was literal racial classification, putting different people above other people entirely based on race. It's not like the U.S. where like you can argue like oh like. Ronald Reagan sent drugs to black neighborhoods, so the black neighborhoods eventually became poor, and they became hooked on... You know what I mean? Like, South Africa didn't do that. They had straight up, if you're white, you're above these people. They had white people, they had, who had the highest status, they had Indians, they had colored people, and they had black Africans who were at the very bottom of South Africa's societal class. Apartheid ended in the 90s, dude. Apartheid is a very, very recent thing. 
And telling and like saying to like a guy like Izzy, like you're not African. I stayed here. You left. Whenever Izzy grew up on a much, much, and for anybody who is black in that region to grow up on a much, much, much worse playing field. So yeah, he left that area. Like most black South, a lot of black South Africans that have the ability to leave will leave and immigrate to a different place because they are literally on the bottom rung of society. So telling somebody, like, you're lesser than me and, oh, I'm the African UFC fighter because I stayed and I didn't do this, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, you had different opportunities. You had more than they had. They had to leave to go to a different place to get a fair starting point. You know what I mean? So, um, and then on the Izzy thing, I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not, I like, I I get both sides of it, but I also think that people that are just trying to paint it like white and black, like, he just said, like, he was just be the African UC fighter, he's from there, what's the problem? It's like, you know what the problem is, like, <laughs> like, I think anybody that's trying to act like they don't know what the problem is in the situation, and they're trying to act like everything's just a one-to-one comparison, like, oh yeah, one guy's from Nigeria, but he lives in the US, the other one just lives in South Africa, it's like, they're very different comparable situations, I wish Drikish would have never brought this shit up in the first place. Um, yeah, that's kind of unfortunate, man. That's the other thing that people don't think about. It's like you got to also look at the origin. This one, one of these guys started it and, it, and it kind of just went on from there, you know? Yeah, I and mean, here's the thing also. I said the literal quote. I read the quote at the top of the conversation so that way people remember. Because I'm seeing Drikish himself say, like, I never said I'm, I'm the African UFC fighter. I never said I'm more African. He never said the words more African. But based off of that statement that I read where he said, like, I'm going to be, I am the African UFC fighter. You don't think you don't. What the fuck do you think that's supposed to mean? You know what I mean? Like, what do you what do you think that is? What do you think he's trying to say there? You know and like, like I told you, there is there, there is there's both sides, right? Like I, yeah. I've gone into comment sections of like randomly on on Instagram, and there is people who are you know are black South Africans who are like you know I support Jerikas, you know I want someone to to be who trains out of Africa to be kind of representing us too, you know I also get those sides, but. You know, there, there, there is, you know, it is kind of sad because there is kind of this divide that shouldn't be there, you know? Yeah. Um, ultimately, I, like I said, I, I feel for Drinkus in a, in a certain way. Like, it's not his fault that, like, he, he, you know, he's been in a, in a higher plane of existence. He's had a higher quality of life living in South Africa. He has not had to leave. He has not had to do these things that other people, uh, that lived in that country had to do, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I would just, I would just, you can also look up, you know, um, Drikas' his, his literal family history, so, uh, he's... Well, not, he's, even, not even just that, Jess, like I told you, if you so, go, if you look up the city he's from, everybody <laughs> looks like Drikas in the city. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah, that gives you any idea of the kind of, like, the, the divide. Well, no, I'm, I'm referring the to the fact that, I, I, I mean, you can find it on his Wikipedia page, like, Drikas Duplessis, uh come from, like, come, like, family comes from France, and, like, um, we're, like, friendly with, like, Napoleon Bonaparte, for fuck's sake. Like, he has, like, a lo- his family has, like, a long history of, of fucking, like, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to, like, fr- I have to be very careful with the way I phrase stuff, but, like, you know, they, they, he's never had to struggle, basically. 
So mm-hmm. it's like whenever you're whenever you're sitting from that point and you're being like, I'm the South African fighter. I've never had to leave South Africa. It's like, well, motherfucker, technically you're France if you're, if you're French, but if you're going by that same fucking thing. So it's like if you're telling. Well, Josh, you, Josh, you, this, you know, yeah. to kind of to kind of keep it going a little bit, though, yeah. are you excited to find out who the real African champion? The real African champion will be crowned. <laughs> I will say, beyond the serious aspect of it, the memes that are coming out of us are hilarious. I think <laughs> this 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 is hilarious. I think I think if Drikus really wants to have some fun, he should just. I hated that he went back. I think if you're going to say that you're going to be the African UC fighter, roll with that. <laughs> I wanted him like. I mean, it, it, it's not like he's not going to be the African UFC fighter if he does or doesn't win the. You know what I mean? Like he still is African, you know? Yeah, no, 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 no. I I agree. I'm just I'm just saying like if he if you say that you better mean it. I want you out there saying like <laughs> I am the African UFC middleweight champ. I'm the real like just just go to like eleven with it. You know what I mean? Like coach, <laughs> not Colby Covington eleven, but. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for, for him to fight Izzy. I think Drikus, if it is, you know. Yeah, as far he, as the fight itself, that is a fucking bigger matchup. That is a dangerous matchup for Izzy. We've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I think that is going to be a very exciting fight, especially given that Drikus actually looks to – if his cardio is actually, like, legit, like, it's just – Yeah, dude, five rounds is about to be interesting, though, but the thing is, though – Izzy's not going to be hitting you from Robert Whitaker range either, though. But at the same time, we saw Drikus is willing to walk through fire. That's true. Drikus has has a chin that is just unreal. So, but he's been cracked. He's been cracked multiple times. So it's not that it's uncrackable either. Yeah. But now he has a hundred percent oxygen intake, so it's over. One hundred percent oxygen intake. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's props. I'm honestly happy for him. You know. <laughs> I mean, beyond the fighting aspect of it, breathing like shit sucks. Oh. So, um, anyways, man, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, I we talked a lot about the 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 no. <laughs> you should have, um, but yeah, I think this this situation, you know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Excited to see the fight itself, and hopefully the drama stops. I don't want to as much as. If I may. I realize it sounds like I'm I'm fully on Izzy's side. I just hope we can stop talking about this because as a yeah. as as a as a white dude who has like you know doesn't really like talking about this sort of stuff whenever it's like you know my my way of life and living and people get really offended very easily and so I don't like talking about this stuff. Hopefully this stuff. bring it up. I hope and, it ends soon too. You're not wrong, dude. Like I I don't like it because I, I don't, don't like want it. an Izzy repeat. I don't want to because, like I said, like I I thought that scene was kind of funny, like in like a train wreck way. But I really hope that I don't have to fucking see that type of situation well, happen it, again. Like is he? Yeah, I just don't want to put anybody in. People keep saying people keep saying I'm comfortable. I feel like I get uncomfortable, but I, I want to say awkward. I want to say awkward rather than uncomfortable because that's that's. I feel like that's how people feel more than I'm. I feel like uncomfortable just sounds bad. Yeah. I, and I. And look, I'm one, I'm one of those people that is like, uh, you know, like, there's, bro, it's gonna take a lot of shit. It, like, for me, I'm one of those people who's not easily offended. It takes a lot. I know we live in a very soft society. I'm gonna say it. 
You know, I'm on Sean Strickland with that, dude. We, we kind of need our nuts to get fucking, you know, scared a little bit. You know, we need our nuts to grow a little bit. I am on him with that. Not on everything else he's saying. <laughs> I will, I will say that. You're not down that. with the neo-Nazi stuff, Angel? You're not no, down with the whole... No, no, Well, he's not down with that shit either anymore, though. He's oh, like, you're right. My bad. He said he, he said he dropped it. That's right. My bad. He dropped it a long time ago. Regardless, <laughs> regardless, though, uh, let's go on to the next fight, man. Another Aussie on the card. Well, hey, yeah, another Aussie on the card. But, uh, Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker, man. Dan Hooker got it. He bounced back, man. I got to give it to him. He's, he's getting them together. It looked a bit grim there for a while, man. It looked like he was like one loss away from like never bringing it back or potentially even being cut from the UFC. But you also kind of look at the people he lost to. You're kind of like in the circumstance. You're kind of like, okay, and that was a banger of a fight. And he took that one on short notice, you know. Um, I mean, his performance was great. Tough. Tough motherfucker, dude. Tough son of a bitch. Jalen Turner didn't miss weight for this one, which, you know, we kind of, you know, I'm, I'm sure probably the, the weight cut probably did play a factor in kind of the fight to an extent. Uh, fuck me, dude. Dan Hooker brought it to Jalen Turner. I, I told Josh before we started recording, I'm like, dude, I'm like, Jay, Dan Hooker in RDA just makes way too much sense. I know RDA is booked against Vincent Luque, but at 155, I'd love to see that matchup. I don't know. I don't think it'll it'll happen. I don't. I actually don't even know who they'll give him next. Maybe Fazeev. I don't know. That fight's hard to. All the fights are hard. Uh, but uh, how do how do you feel about his performance and kind of going forward? What would you like to see him do? I mean, for for Dan Hooker. Um, I mean, real quickly, just my quick thoughts on the win. Um, super impressed after that first round. I mean, dude, Dan Hooker. He's got that fucking dog in him, man. You can't – it doesn't matter. He had two broken bones in his body <laughs> after that first round. It did not matter, Angel. It did not matter. Realistically speaking, you're looking up and down that division, I think a Rafael Dos Anjos fight makes sense. He's ranked one in front of him. RDA said he's not really looking for a title. But RDA is still in that weird spot where he's still ranked inside the top ten. He is a veteran who wants veteran fights. Dan Hooker doesn't want veteran fights. RDA doesn't want to fight for a title, but they're in this weird position to where, like, a fight against each other makes a lot of sense. It would be very, very beneficial. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be interested in potential uh, that that sort of fight happening. I just think there's a couple of other guys that can give them. Obviously, there's a ton of young guys right now, 155, uh, that are coming up the ranks. I think Dan, though. I think Dan has won two in a row. He's kind of come back from the depths. I'd rather see him fight a former champion like RDA than have to make him go through a Grant Dawson. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. he just fought uh, Jalen Turner, who's another one of these young kind of guys on the rise. I mean, who, who do you want to see Dan Hooker potentially fight next? Like I said, RDA is a big one for me. Um, outside of that, though, like, who else could you, like, maybe maybe Hinato Moicano? That could help Moicano come up in the rankings a little bit. I fucking knew you were going to bring up Moicano. What is I, with you? <laughs> I know, right? Matt, Matt Favola, I know Matt Favola is 15, but I think I don't think that's a bad matchup. And no. But I think RDA is, like, a way too good. I know the, the only issue is RDA is fighting, like, in a few weeks here against the St. Luke, but RDA is 9, Dan Hooker's 10. It just makes too much sense. I think Fazib is an option, but fuck, man, that's a hard fight. Yeah. But, hey, man, no easy fights hey, when you're a ranked guy, so it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we're we're kind of in agreement there. Outside of the RDA one, admittedly, there's not anything I'm, like, dying to say. Like like I said, like, there's, there's like, there's, like, like I said, there's, there, there, I think, I'd say those are the three good options. RDA, Hinato uh, Moicano, Matt Frivola. I think outside of that, I, I, I really don't want to see him fight. I don't want a Chandler rematch. I don't think Armin should be fighting Dan Hooker because he should be fighting up. 
Uh, same with Gamera. He should be fighting up. Uh, and I think Daryush is going to be fighting... I forgot who. Potentially Fazeep? I don't know. Regardless, though, there is, there is matchups in the works where I think Dan, or I think uh, Grant's going to fight Daryush potentially. I don't know. They're, they'll make it fucking work, man. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, they're going to make it work. I'm sure he'll get a big fight. Uh, I think he deserves one, man. I mean, he... To go through that hell on Saturday night, I mean... He got, I mean, he had two broken bones in his body. Got annihilated in the first round. Somehow stayed in it and just pulled, pulled it out of the fire, man. That's That was a vintage Dan Hooker win. I... I'll be honest, dude. I didn't know that he still had that in him. I think that he's had some see, he's had some rough years, man. I didn't know that he still had that in him. But God damn, I was so impressed. So uh, hopefully he gets a big one next. Uh, opening up the main card, this this fight recap will last about I don't know sixty seconds. Bo Nickel goes out there and just dominates. <laughs> just, he, he lands every single punch he tries on Val Woodburn. It's a first round knockout win inside of forty seconds, dude. Uh, nobody can hang with this kid. I mean, what what do you do? Like, what do you do at this point? Do you rebook Treshawn Gore? Do you give him a ranked guy? I mean, this is another fight, you, another you sub know, one minute win. You know what I heard someone say? They're like, he fought his uh, second contender series fight in the. You know, this is like his third contender series fight at this point, or fourth actually, because I forgot he fought two. He had to fight twice, which isn't like yeah. which isn't like the worst thing to say in the world. But I honestly, I don't, dude. The thing is, I just don't think. He's like what, twenty seven years old, dude. He has a decade left in this sport potentially. Do not in in your and right now, I think you're maximizing his potential by building him up. Obviously, I think Trey Shonk would have been a nice step up from to be picket. I don't think you necessarily go back in that direction. Uh, from what I can tell, I felt like Val Woodburn wasn't the same as Trey Shonk, but had a similar kind of yeah. I'd say uh, like uh, we were taking certain skill sets and certain things like uh, you know, very physical guy with power. And uh, and tough, I feel like that that's a good way to put him. Like they were both similar in that aspect. So I don't think we kind of saw that fight without seeing that fight because obviously it's not Trayshawn Gore in there. Um, but I, I I think as as far as moving forward, I think a Mark Andre Burial matchup I'd be a fan of. Has a lot of experience, tough. You know he has been subbed, has been knocked out, but he has you know he has miles on him. He has a lot of experience, and I think it'd be it'd be Bo Nichols' most experienced opponent, and he's not ranked. Uh. Uh, before his loss, I think Gregory Rodriguez could have been an interesting, uh, an interesting shout. Uh, I know Brad Tavares is scheduled against Chris Wyman, but that could have been good. I think Bruno Silva is another good option. Uh, my thing is, he just needs time in there. Maybe potentially, eventually, a Chris Curtis matchup. Yamamov is another interesting guy. Like I think if they already give him a ranked opponent, Josh, the only two to three people I want to see him fight who are ranked at this time, and I mean right now, are Yamamov, Brunson. Hermanson. Those are the only people I have interest in. Mm-hmm. Down the road, yeah, I could see Cal Borrelio, you know, potentially uh, Marvin Vittori, but but I think they need to give him guys with some experience. And uh, and like I said, maybe he's just that good that he'll never have to go far in a fight. But I think they they shouldn't be sold on it just yet because I think they just need to give him some matches at 185. And like I said, he, he has attention. People are interested in him. They'll come in and watch him fight. He has pull. Why would you want to lose that? He could even fight a guy like Rodolfo Vieira, who's 9-2. and two. He, You know, jiu-jitsu versus wrestling, Brazilian versus American, you know? There's something there. It's just, uh, I just don't think speeding, there's no reason to speed up this process. I completely agree. Um, 
I'm fully on your side with that one. I I said this whenever they announced Val Woodburn as as the uh, replacement opponent, and I saw some people complaining. They're like, why didn't they give him Chris Curtis? Why didn't they give him somebody else? It's like this kid. Like I understand, he is like the elite talent for MMA. Like I can't. For those of you who don't know shit about wrestling, and admittedly, I'm like kind of on that page. I don't know much about wrestling. You know what I mean? Uh, but that being said, I know enough to know that this guy is like the real deal, like an all-time, one of the greatest prospects to ever step into MMA. That being said, Aaron Pico was one of the greatest prospects to ever step into MMA as well. And I saw, and now he's finally getting his feet under him in Bellator, but how many years has it taken, Angel? Like seven? Like, because he debuted so early, and he took a lot of damage. Just, you know, what were you saying? No, no, you're absolutely right. It took a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I don't think that rushing him in, because rushing him into it, like, who does it benefit? It doesn't benefit anybody. So I think that they can just go ahead and take their time, you know, let him let him get a, another, you know, Val Woodburn, or get let him get another Sean Gore. I want to see him get two more fights before fighting a ranked guy. Yes, and I think that's pretty you. fair. Yes, yes, yes. I'm on, I, I love that. You know, I'm happy you agree with me, because I didn't know if everybody's on the same boat as me, because... I kind of was on the same boat, but I didn't want to put it out there, Josh. But you actually make me feel very comfortable in my answer now. Because, yeah, I feel the same way. I think you should fight two more unranked guys with, with you know, because, like, what's going to happen when the guy doesn't go down on the first take? I mean, you know, it's not necessarily that his takedowns won't go through, but is able to at least slow down the takedown. You know what I mean? Slow down things that Bo can do. Because that's eventually going to probably happen. But I think we'd rather see that happen before, his, you know, before he gets into those big fights. Then, you know, you know, like, you want to see that now rather than later. I guess it's probably this is the way I'm trying to put it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think you should let this kid take his time. It doesn't, it's not hurting anybody. I mean, he, you're not, I mean, let's be honest. I think by the time Bo Nickel makes it to the top of 185, I don't think Israel Asani is going to be there anyway. So I don't think, yeah. I don't think there's any point in rushing him into an Izzy fight or trying to. Um, yeah, By man. the way, what, what was yeah, your reaction yeah. when he when he won? Because I'll tell you mine. Like, oh, what, was, like, what, what was, was my re- initial reaction? Oh my god, I was like, "What the fuck is this kid?" Because he, like, he landed every single shot in it. And almost to the point, I was like, "Oh, well, like, what the fuck?" Like, that, like that looked like an unreal knockout to me. It's just like this kid's a wrestler, like, dude, no joke. I, 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 uh, I was in the call. With all the people that I watch with, and I was like, "All the boys, yeah." I kid you not, I, I yelled, "He's him!" I shit you not, I yelled, "He's him!" Like, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I, I was like, "Holy shit, he's him!" But like, it really, it really is looking like it at the moment. But granted, like I said, you got to look at the level of competition, and I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm really excited to see his growth, man. Like, how excited have you ever been to see someone progress? Like, don't get, don't get me wrong, you have your guys. Like, there's guys like Shockbot who was like hot on. And I'm talking like where I'm looking forward to. Like, Bo is one of those guys, but I think it's because he's a complete unknown. You know, like we always have guys that you look at and have interested. Like for me, my guy, like for a while there was Mohammed Makayev, but he's kind of settled in now, and I kind of know him as a fighter and kind of what he's doing. And I think he's still growing too, and 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 learning as he goes. But Bo is an interesting one because of where he comes from and how he's how he's looked with such little fights. Because that's the big difference between him and a guy like Makayev. Makayev had like thirty amateur fights, fought in the IMMA AF, I believe it is which is like the amateur kind of like global MMA thing they do. And, and and that's where his talent showed, but he was, he's been doing MMA this long. Bo Nickel came from NCAA wrestling to MMA and has looked this good four, five, five, you know, five, six fights or whatever it is into his career. Mm-hmm. 
that's where the interest comes in in a different aspect and is keeping me hooked and is where I think we'll keep the people hooked. And like I said, you don't want to rush a guy who has a ten, like a 10 year career ahead of him. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Um, I just don't see Fulton rushing him on the same page there. I think, I don't know who he'll fight next admittedly, but I think that there's like, there's like a lot of good ones, man. Yeah. There's, 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 also, there's yeah. options. I think that's, I think that's the nice thing about Bo right now. There is plenty of options, plenty of fun guys. And I think one thing, and I and I and I told you this, and I I still think it's true. If I'm Bo, dude, I stay in shape, and I maybe look like, you know, like take a short notice fight, man. Don't be afraid. Of, like if they call you up, I mean, we saw this past week how fights fell out. Fuck, dude, if you're a Bo Nickel, why don't you get that call up and and you know you get a little bit of time in there, dude. There's nothing wrong with that. Like that's there, there, there's a path, you know. There, there's a lot to be. There's there's a lot there, man. I'm excited. I'm buzzing, you know. Same man. Same man. Very very excited. Um, and we'll see what he does next. But we do got to go ahead and move on because we got to talk about the retirement of a legend, ruthless Robbie Lawler, in the in the main spot here on the prelims on ABC. I, I you know man, I go into this one. I was admittedly I was like Nico Price is the right guy. Nico Price probably going to give us a war. In the end, Nico Price gets knocked out in 38 seconds. An, an MMA legend finally getting to go out on his fucking feet. Let's fucking, dude, I lost my shit. I was, like, losing my mind in my house, man. I was just like, we finally got one, dude. Because it, it's funny, because I'm, like, I'm, like, only 22 years old, man. But I've been watching MMA since I've been, like, fucking, like, 11. So, like, I grew up watching Robbie Lawler's career, man. And I've seen, like, all my favorite fighters from my childhood just get annihilated. Every single fucking one. Shogun just got knocked out earlier this year in his retirement fight. Frankie Edgar got annihilated. You know what I mean? Like, there's multiple of these guys. Fucking, who, who's somebody else that, that lost? Fedor, obviously. Like, these, all of, BJ Penn, all of the legends have lost the retirement fights. And Robbie Lawler fucking wins, dude. What do you think, man? I was just in so, I was in, I was just in awe, dude. I was in awe. Yeah, no. I mean, look, this is the best, best possible outcome. Like, for once, a guy went out in kind of the way you would want. Um, obviously, sad for Nico Price. He's also yeah. Think about it, man. There's always another guy on the end of it, and, and we fucking love Nico. And he's one of those guys who just like. I think at this point we kind of know Nico Price is not going to be chasing titles, but he's one of those guys who will show up and fucking fight. You know. Damn. Uh, right, yeah. I, I really love how Joe worded, it, and I'm not going to quote it right, but if you can, Josh, you make a clip out of it. He said it perfectly. He's like, on like tonight, you know, a lot of guys don't leave, you know, how they sh- how, how they once were at their peak and at their pinnacle. But tonight, Robbie Lawler showed us ruthless, ruthless Robbie Lawler one last time. Yeah. And I, I love the way Joe worded it, and, and then it, it was beautiful. And you know, we saw Robbie get emotional for once in, in in the octagon, and it was a perfect exit, man. What else do you want? He, and my favorite thing to say, man, after all these guys re- retires. He leaves no questions unanswered. He does. He does leave no questions unanswered, man. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, admittedly, I don't have too much to add. I do uh, want to go ahead and ask you one last thing. Uh, do you think he'll actually stay retired? He, talk, he talked about it afterwards because it, it's funny, it's funny yeah. you're saying this because I saw the clip this morning in media. I saw one of the media members that said, hey, did you see Connor Street? Connor said, oh, he's back by December. And he's like, he's like, uh, I don't know. I don't think he, he kind of it kind of pretty much sounded like no. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also know that Robbie, because he, because Connor called, not called him out, but he he said that on Twitter, 
And then he was like, why? Does he want to fight? <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you blame him, like, though? Could you blame him if, if he could get that one? I mean, that's... <laughs> exactly. Yo, I was like, no, I don't blame him at all. I'm like, you get that money, Robbie. You know? Yeah, like, I completely understand if he wants to come back for one more. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. yeah, no. I mean, I, th- I think it's done. He's happy. He he's. Uh, I know he's taken uh, Logan Storley kind of uh, under his wing and done a lot of mentoring for him. And he was on his corner that night, I believe. And, uh, yeah, no, he he's done. And and that's very it's a beautiful thing to see, man. Uh, I think he'll be a great coach, a great teacher. I'm super excited to see him and in, in still in UFC and in Bellator and, and guys' corners. Uh, I fucking it's an it's an amazing run, man. Uh, what a beautiful fucking career. Uh, he had everything you could want in a career. Fought everywhere that you could fight every major promotion you would want to see him in. Held the title. Had you know our in some people's eyes one of the greatest fights of all time. I mean, he is uh he left he's his career is cemented and he's one of those guys that he left on his own terms at his time and maybe not necessarily up top but on a high mm. yeah man i definitely agree he's one of the few guys to leave on a high and one of the few guys to ever leave on a win i mean it's so rare to see a legend go out of win so i'm so happy for rufus robbie on that one um and then you don't just hear the chance in the distance robbie robbie Oh yeah, I can't believe he cried, dude. I mean, th- that was like uh, they, he cried, and I was like, "Oh damn, he has to retire now." I mean, like, can, can you probably all never shows emotion, emotion, man? Like, can you can you blame the guy though, dude? Like, who who? I mean, fucking Jose no, 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 Aldo. I would, I would have sobbed. I, I would have cried, cried way more than Robbie Lawler did. I'm just saying, like, oh shit, he actually has emotions now. Like his career's <laughs> over. Like, it's just, like, I, like he was I, stoic I, for 20 years. Robbie Lawler did not smile for 20 years. Career ends. <laughs> You know, I hope the podcast goes on for a long time, but if we ever have to retire from it, man, like, fuck, dude, don't get me wrong. I think I'll get emotional from retiring just from the pod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a big thing to just end, you know. End career. Like, ending your career on something. You know, I work with the elderly man, and I always ask them, did you like it? Did you love it? And, they're like, and they always tell me, for the most part, yes, because they, they, they did their job for, like, 30, 40, 50 years, man, and, they, and then they leave it, and it's just like, you know, they kind of – so they're in a retirement home, and that's this is life now, you know. And they and there were a lot of times they were really good at it, man. Especially think about guys who were like cops or firefighters, especially during that time. Like it, it, it's sad to leave your career, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to put it simply, for sure, man. For sure, man. But you know, in regards to the rest of the card, it was a banger. I mean, a couple of quick highlights. I want to personally shout out Tatsu Rutara, who I highlighted a couple of weeks ago, had his fight canceled, had it moved to here, he got a big win over Edgar Chavez. Uh, Denise Gomez, dude, upsetting Yasmin Yaraguay. It was a rough night for Mexico, dude. Dude, I know. It didn't turn off bad, but kind of to talk about Yasmin, I mean, look, she's young. She'll bounce back. 23 years young. She she has a lot of hype behind her. Um, I, I, I've been, after her, her debut initially and, and before it, I mean, I, I knew about her a little bit, but man, people speak very highly of her. This is just a, you know, a bump in the road, and she'll bounce back. And and she, like I said, once again, someone who has a ten plus year career ahead of her, and is very exciting. And she can only learn from this. And uh, and you got to give credit to Denise Gomez, man. She she fought the kind of fight she needed to fight against Jasmine. She needed to just go after her and be, you know, just make it dirty because Jasmine is very technically sound and very, you know, she's not going to beat her on a technical level. But if she comes at her the way she did, and and did what she and did what she did on that night, she's going to take Jasmine out, and and she did that. Um. And going one down, Josh, we got to talk about this one, man. This one was fucking heartbreaking because afterwards, and we're talking about Alonzo Manifield, Jimmy Crew, uh, for those who are in like following along on, you know, Tapology or, or mm-hmm. kind of on, on UFC on Google. But fuck, dude, this this one hurt because uh, you could just see afterwards, man. He 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 takes off the gloves 
it makes it almost seems like as he retires, he did not retire, guys. I think he came out just yesterday mm-hmm. and said that he's stepping away from the sport until he feels mentally in the right place, which is a very healthy thing to do and the right way to go about it. Because he's what, like twenty nine years old? I mean, he's still very young. Twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck! He yeah. was a ranked a ranked two or five or yeah, no. Uh, I, I was happy to see that he said it's not done because he's, a, in my opinion, he's a very likable guy. Had a lot of potential. Still has a lot of potential. Uh, just that uh, Alonzo Menafield's a, a very tough guy, dude. A very tough guy to get out of there. And uh, I felt like he should have got the nod the first time around. This time around, Alonzo Menafield came very prepared and, and, and took care of Jimmy Crew. But that's the fight game, man. That, that's the one thing about it. And especially Devin Bay, dude. There, there's a lot of times where you like a lot of these guys and they end up fighting each other. And you hate a lot of these matchups because you're like, fuck, dude. Why does this fight have to happen? I like both these guys so much. Mm. Yeah, man. I mean, to to talk about Jimmy Crute, fuck, man. This this one sucked. I mean, it is so. I mean, we hey, we were just talking about with Bo Nickel, right? You don't rush guys too soon. Um, Jimmy Crute is twenty seven. He came into the UFC already, Angel, already five years ago. He was twenty two when he signed, dude. He's been in the UFC for five years now, and he got some big wins. He beat Sam Alvey, you know. He beat Paul Craig. You know, he ra- he got four wins in his first five fights, and then they matched one with a couple of big names, and he's just gotten annihilated. He took off the gloves, dude, and he was like, I'm not retiring, but I need some time. Like, I need time away from the sport. And we wish the best for Jimmy Crew, dude. I mean, 0-3-1 and one in his last four, but you got to look at the people he fought, man. I mean, he fought Alonzo Minifield twice, Jamal Hill, and Anthony Smith. Yeah, uh, you know, former title challenger and current champ. Holy fuck, right? Yeah, exactly. And in this Alonzo Menafield fight, I thought he had a good first round, and that and their previous fight was a draw. So it's like he's fighting a guy who's like lower ranked, and he's competing with him. He's showing you that he's still like a top fifteen guy. It's just like you know, you, you, he zigged when he should have zagged. That's the way it goes. So um, we hope the best for Jimmy Crute, and we'll see what happens. So. Uh, ultimately, rest of the card. I mean, there were a couple of other big wins. I mean, Cameron Simon, who is uh, you know. I was worried about this fight, dude, because Terry yeah. Mitchell, he he had fought on that uh, Ultimate Fighter season with Kai Kara and all those guys, and he he didn't he didn't get the the call up to the UFC after that mm-hmm. in 2018, and he had a bunch of scheduled fights that got canceled. I don't know if they were outside the UFC or in, I think they were in some smaller promotion, but he he just came back this year in 2023 after being gone since 2018. Two first round finishes, but I'm like, hey, you know, it was two first round finishes, but against two opponents that were four and one and four and two. And uh you're gonna go fight Cameron Simon, who's looked very fucking good. And let me tell you this, Cameron Simon looked fucking great again, dude. He's a fucking problem. At Bantamweight, he's on the come up. Give him some time. He's gonna turn some heads for sure. He's very young. He still has a long way to go, but fuck man, I I, I like at at the time I was like, Yeah, this might this might be one I want to avoid. But he ended up taking care of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he got a big win, and and that was a nice one to see. And I gotta ask though, um, does it like fuck you up at all that like we're getting? Because I'm looking at Cameron Simon's page right now on Wiki, and does it like fuck you up at all that like two fighters born past the year 2000 are going to become like really commonplace really soon? Does that also fuck you up at all? Well, dude, there's gonna be a point in time where there's a champ who's the same age as me. So, oh fuck, I didn't even think about that. 
No, so this dude, is why I was just planning see, to die before I got old. I wasn't planning. See, <laughs> see, this, see, the thing is, this is starting for you now. This is starting for me way before in soccer because you know a lot of kids, you know, guys get called up in soccer at a young age. So there's been like times where I'm like, damn, that guy's 17 and he's on the field right now. <laughs> and I mean, that guy's 19 and he, dude, the NBA dude, the people who were our age were already in the already in the NBA making money. You know what I mean? Like that's that's another thing you got to think about, dude. Like. We're we're at that point, dude, and I got I don't even know if I feel dude I got I got caught old I got called an old head like a few like a week or two ago, dude. <laughs> I was playing a game and this this kid who was like he had been, I think he said he was like seventeen, and yeah. I said something and and I was like oh shit we got to get out of here if it's not gonna get hairy he's like he's like Harry he's like Harry you're an old head I'm like he's like how old are you I'm like I'm I'm twenty two and I'm like fuck dude I'm like I feel like the only th- I feel like old I'm like I don't feel like it's an old head thing to say but but I guess I'm an old head and I was like. Fuck you! Because you're not even you're not even much older than me, bro. bro I'm not much older than you. I've never been called an old head, but I'm getting to that age where like I'll like see like somebody typing online, and I'm like, I know this person's like under like probably 16, and I don't know like they're using like terminology that I don't know what that word means, and I'm like, God damn it! I'm fucked. well. What's, is there something you've learned? Is there something you learned? Like what's what's one that you can say? Because there's probably something you can't say. There's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. No, but I don't have like anything off the top of my head. But, like. It's also like it's like streamers and like other famous people. Oh, I feel I like as know. far as that, I I, can, I feel like I'm decently up to date. Like you know, I I have the Keck W's down. You know, I use that one a fair bit. Well, I, I you know. so this is an example. I didn't know who Aiden Ross was for like way longer time than it than I it should have taken me. Like I should have probably known who like who he is. But then I just like start seeing pop up books. But like I don't know who any like fucking people are now. And then like I'll see him like pop up on my feet. I'm like who the fuck is this person? You know what I mean? Didn't I didn't, know, I didn't speed. know speed for a while. I didn't know speed for a long time. I, I don't know speed performed at Rolling Loud, you know. Yeah, right. They're letting anybody do it now. Shit. I mean, you, Angel, cynical prick, gonna come back, right? That's an in joke that nobody. <laughs> you know when they did the Walmart yodeling kid? That's when you knew it was just like, yeah, they'll get anyone in there. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, nonetheless, though, I mean, we should probably go ahead and keep it rolling, man. I mean, use the two ninety closing thoughts, man. Any anything else we want to even talk about? When he was a banger, dude, we had some other highlight performances there. Jesus Aguilar with probably one of the best flight weight finishes ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor Petrino, uh, or Vitor, not Victor, Vitor Petrino at, at 205 looks very interesting, very physically gifted. Uh, he's definitely someone I keep my eye on at 205. He has a lot of potential. Has a way to go, though, because he just started fighting not too long ago. The center of the broadcast, yeah, he made his professional debut in 2019. Uh, had some Ami fights back in 2016, leading up all the way up into 2018. But he's really, really been really active these last few years from 2021 going forward and is now in the UFC. You know, you know, nine fights in. I mean, well, he came into the contender series, uh, five fights in, but still, dude, like, or six fights in. Uh, so shit. I mean, definitely has a lot of potential there, but overall, man, great fucking card. I think this will probably be pay per view of the year, card of the year, undisputedly. I don't know what's going to beat it, especially with all the shit that happened that night. I'm excited though because we do have a card that could potentially could knock it off, but and, I mean it's gonna it, and it's, it's this Saturday the UC Apex with UC. Gosh, no, you did not just do that. No, no, I know what you're talking about UC 291, which is coming. Angel, what day is that? It's like the 29th. It's like the literally two weeks from now. Yeah, like that? yeah, yeah, man, we're getting there. We're getting there, bro. We're getting there, man. I'm very excited for. I mean, we talked about it before the show started, but like there is like. UC is really coming on strong to close out the year, man. Combat this year in general, though. Yeah, I guess not UC. Combat in general, yeah. 
Uh, nonetheless, though, man, uh, we do have a card, which I just joked about. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I really don't care about this one. Oh, my God, dude, Josh. This is this is the banger of the year, future fight of the year. Holly Holm, Myra Buenos. Come on, Josh. Are you not excited? Come on. Does this just not knock off your socks? Come on, Josh. Josh, there's this potential title implication. I mean, to be honest, Josh, you could have made this a title. I I well I said that I said that after Nunez retired I was like if somebody if there's like if there's like somebody falls out or like Juliana gets hurt or something I wouldn't be surprised if they just say fuck it and just throw a title on the line. I'm assuming the winner of this will probably fight for the title. I'm assuming it'll probably be Holly and Juliana if not like Holly and Raquel. There'll be some like those three are in the mix, you know, or or Myra or Myra Buenasova pulls the upset, you know. Anyway, well let's get it. Let's break into it. Holly Holm obviously in the main event UC Vegas seventy seven. Coming off a win over Giannis Santos in March, it was actually a very impressive one. She dominated that one. Taking on the rising Myra Bueno Silva, riding a 3-5 winning streak. Last defeated Lena Landsberg in February. Uh, winner here, like you said, Mike in a title shot. What do you, uh, for first, first thoughts, man, what do you, what's your excitement level? What do you think about this one? Oh, man, Josh, my excitement level, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's not existent. I mean, Holly's still a, a person with a, a, a very highly skilled fighter, a lot of, a lot of, still a lot of left to give to the to the fight game. Um, for her, man, to see her potentially here in another title fight is awesome, especially at the age she's at. You know, can, still going forward, proving, trucking forward, and and showing us that she she's here, man, and, and she has a skill set for it. Myra Buena Silva, though, I've been mean, kind of a I I don't know. This is a matchup I didn't expect. I know they, they it's something they just kind of kind of threw together. I never thought I'd, or at least I never thought in my head, you know, Holly Holm versus Myra Buena Silva. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know this fight would be something that would ever occur. But I'm, I'm getting it, man, and I, and I'll watch it. Uh, for Holly, dude, look, she is very physically gifted. She is very strong. And at this point in her career, you see how a lot of her fights, she's been controlling them, using her skills, grappling against the cage, clinching a lot. I'm sure she'll do a fair bit of that against Myra Buena Silva. Uh, I don't think I don't think there's a lot I don't think there's anything that Myra Buena Silva does significantly better than Holly Holm. Maybe her submission game, but even then, uh, I mean, the last time Holly got finished was back during the Misha Tate fight. I don't think Myra Buena Silva is going to finish Holly Holm. I think Holly Holm has got this pretty locked into the bag. I don't think there's anything Myra Buena Silva is going to do in this fight that makes me think that she can beat Holly Holm. I think I'm picking Holly on this one, Josh. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Holly Holm, um, I don't see this fight being very competitive. I like Maya Bueno Silva. Um, I think that she's actually made uh, some massive improvements, actually, since her move up to Bantamweight. Um, that being said, I don't. I think she is not a good enough... I agree with you on, on that point, actually. I agree with you that, actually, on the mat, if she can get it there, she's actually she might be able to have some success. I don't think she's a good enough wrestler to get the fight to the mat. I don't yeah. think on the feet that she's actually going to have much to pose against Holly. Um, I, I think Holly's it, better in the it. clinch. I mean, I'll just be straight up, dude. I, I don't think this fight... I don't want to say... I mean, this, this is partly why people shit on this card, but it, it's just not very interesting. It's just, this fight, personally, is not very interesting. I think Holly Holmes going to go out there and play. By, by the way, how does that put Jack Dolomite and Elena at, in the co-main event, right? Like... I, I I hope they move Jack De La Madeline to the co-main. They're, they're I, not going. They're not. They're not. Have they Have they officially said? Like, have they? 
I don't think they're going to. Are you by any chance? Are you on the website? Can you see what they have here? I, I got to pull that view card. Nope, on the website, Alba Dury of Jongyeon Park still there, and they got a and they got a Jack Madeline. I think opening up the main card. I believe. I'm actually gonna be honest with you. I really don't. I really don't care about this, just because that that means that I can t- tune in, watch Jack Della Merca guy, and then I can I can tune out. You know. <laughs> Come on, come on, Josh. The real banger tonight, though, is Ashley Evan Smith, Ali Perret. Jokes aside, what fight are you most excited? Because I'm not even going to ask you about the co-main. I mean, uh, fucking, uh, let's go Park Jong. That's who I want to take, just for sake of argument. Is it Park Jong? I'm taking Albert Dury. You're going to take Albert? Yep. <sighs> you know, yeah, I'll probably, I'll, I'll stay with Jun Young Park. I, don't, I, I, got this, I got this in the bag. Maybe you you might I don't know. Well, but we got uh, we got we got to talk about a returning heavyweight man who's been gone yeah. for a while. Finally, yes, yes. I, I thought it was a smart choice. Finally, I think the proper opponent, Wa Harris man. We I'm not going to get into it. I really don't like talking about this topic a lot. You know, you can do your own research, but you know he came back to sport too soon after going through some tragedy, through a terrible tragedy, and. uh it just wasn't the smart choice. And he talked about it. I think this current fight week, he's talked about like, yeah, I came back soon. I thought training was the right thing. It was not. And then I was fighting. And uh, I don't know if he had anybody kind of trying to direct him, trying to tell him not to do it. But look, finally, he took some time away. He's back. He's a good heavyweight. He's fighting uh, Josh Parsons. I think this is a good matchup. He's been two years removed now. I think I think 13 months or uh, I think 20, 24 or 25 months to be exact. Back in the cage. I mean, dude, he was fighting guys like fucking Alistair Overeem, Alexander Volkov, my Saint Tarabara. I mean, those were just not the fights at the time. And there's a guy who who's beating some good opponents like Alexei Olenek and Sergey Spivak. And shit, look at where Sergey Spivak is now in the heavyweight division. If Walt Harris can get it together, man, get some wins here together in heavyweight division that is, in my opinion, heavyweight division is always open because these guys can get some knockouts really quick and fight multiple times in a year. They don't have to fucking cut weight. Uh... I mean, they do got to get a fight shape, but you know what I mean. Like he, he could get back into the mix real quick, man. I think, uh, I think there's definitely some interest here, and, and I'm happy to see Wall again. And hopefully he comes in and he can maybe give a good showing, and, and hopefully him and Josh put on a banger of a fight on Saturday for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I think um, I'm very happy that Walt took off the time. Walt Harris. I think two years off. I mean, and he admitted it. He said that he came back too quickly and that he was just trying to. Work through it, and you know, just if a lot of people try to do that, a lot of people try to work through their grief, and it almost never works out. Um, so I'm very happy that he took some time and away from fighting, away from from his. I mean, this is his job basically, so I'm glad he took some actual time away from it. Um, you know, man, I think uh, I hope that he goes out there and get a win, man. I really do. I really hope he goes out there and gets a big win. No offense to Josh, um, you know. Josh got to stick together, but uh, I you also bastard. think, yeah, I also think that it's clear that they think Walt needs to win bad, which is why they booked this fight. Like, I if Walt Harris can't win this one, then I'd say like he, you know, retire maybe. You know what I mean? Like, look at maybe like a different role in, in fighting, like coaching or something else. You know what I mean? Because I don't mean, I mean Josh, Josh Parisian got dominated by Parker Porter. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, just so I mean, I just you know, it is what it is. Um, rest of the card, though, uh, it's Norma Dumont. Fight week, Angel! Let's go! 145, never die. 145, never die. Jokes aside, 
Jamie Chandler versus versus Norma Dumont is like a legitimately good fight. No, no, no. You know what's funny? I was about to say the same thing. You're not even wrong, dude. Chelsea Chandler Norma Dumont is actually a great fight. Yeah, like Chelsea Chandler is a dog. Norma Dumont, I mean, the is just you know a savage. Is an absolute savage. So I'm I'm legitimately excited for that fight. Like I memed on it because I have to because it's women's 145. But like. You know, I am I am pretty excited uh, for that for that fight, man. Um, the rest of the card. I mean, Terrence McKinney is back. Uh, who? Wait, who the fuck is he? Wait, who's he? Who's he fighting? He's fighting. Is this this guy's actual name? Nazim. Yeah. All right. He's fighting Nazim. Um, <laughs> uh, also, Ottoman's, Ottoman Azatar is on the card. Who Angel? I'm not sure if you remember this. Uh, he had that that weird uh, situation. Where is that he, like, Apple Dog with the bag? Yeah, what, was, yeah. what was in the bag? <laughs> what was in the bag? We still don't know what was in the bag. But we do know that he's going to be fighting this Saturday. Um, it was, yeah, if, I mean, rest of the card. It was like a sex doll, dude. Could you imagine? I hope so. Uh, <laughs> Tyson Nam is back. I'm a big fan of him. The the oldest flyweight alive. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's kind of what I wanted to highlight. Any 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 anything you want to talk about? We talked a little bit Jack Jack Lemonina earlier. Obviously, we're all excited about his fight. Uh, Tyson Nam is not, He's fighting Azat Maksum, which hard name to pronounce. I think I give him my best. I know about this kid just because I like love randomly clicking through typology. Sixteen zero, twenty eight years young, flyweight. I mean, fuck. Let's see what he can provide, man. He he has a lot of experience under his belt. He's been um very clearly been working to the UFC. Um, he's taking on a very experienced, tough Tyson Nam this week, and fuck, dude, we all, you know, we always love Tyson Nam, man. We, he's one of those guys who can always get a finish in, at 125, and uh, you know, we, 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 he's one of those guys we just hope sticks around. He's almost 40, dude. He's gonna turn 40 this year. I don't know how much longer he's gonna be around, but fuck me, I'll enjoy, I'll enjoy him while I have him around. Mm-hmm. And then another guy for me, another fellow, Hanato Valdez. Tough guy will fight to the very end. Goes on his shield. I know he's zero and two, but dude, he's 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 tough to get out of there. I think he was, if you remember right, he was the one who got dropped by Matt Frivola like five six times in their fight, dude. I think he set a new record for, for oh. being dropped the most in like a single round or, or or just in general in a fight. It's up there though. I remember that was a big thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, this this card itself, man. I think I'll watch it. It's not the thing I'm most excited for. Um, but you know, it, yeah, but it, I feel like, the, but I feel like there's some, I feel like there's fights that are silent bangers. Like I feel like it'll be a card that will either, will either really disappoint us or really surprise us. There, I think it yeah. could fall in between, but it'll be tough for it because of the lack of names. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I don't disagree with you. Um, I think there's, there is, I, we, we shit on a little bit. There is a couple of fights. But Josh, if you disagree with me, I'd fire you from the courtside town off. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you're, you're my boss now. Um, <laughs> anyways, man, uh, we do got a fair bit of news to talk about, man, because <laughs> I'm not sure which order we should go in with these fight announcements, honestly. Um, let's, let's just, let's, let's just hit off with the biggest one, most recent one. Uh, Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou, October 25th, excuse me, October 28th. And Saudi Arabia. It's going down. Ten rounds. The MMA lineal heavyweight champion versus boxing's lineal heavyweight champion. First time for everything. It's going to be history in the making. 
Angel, um, you know, we've talked a lot about this. It's not going to be any experimental rules. It turns out it won't be an exhibition. I know a lot of people were afraid about that. Um, in the end, it's going to be 10 rounds. They're going to go in there, and they're going to box in October. What do you think, man? The, t- the titles are not on the line, right? <laughs> no title is on the line. Well, let's be honest. If Francis won, he mean he would be the fucking champ, wouldn't he? Let's be, let's be honest. You know, they might not be on the line, but... It's one of those, it's, yeah, it's one of those things that if Francis goes out there and win, he, he's the heavyweight champ, you know what I mean? Let's, let's be honest, right? Like, he, he would be the champ, especially with how fucking good Tyson's look. Like, come on. He, he, we can give him that nod. You know, we can give him that one. Exactly, yeah. Fuck, dude. I mean, you gotta give credit where credit's due. He fucking did it, right? He fucking did it. He got what he wanted. I mean, and look, we were kind of thinking, like, is he gonna take a tune-up? I mean, shit, if Tyson Fury's his tune-up, then I, who, who's the big matchup? Usyk? No, just kidding. But, uh, no, I mean, to kind of bring it all back in, I mean, shit, dude. He fucking did it, dude. He beat, he, he defied his odds. He did it, he's doing it all on his own terms. He's getting fucking paid. He's, 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 I mean, he's getting to do his dream of, of competing in boxing and do it on the biggest stage against one of the best, I mean, one of the best in his, in his moment right now. I mean, you literally got to probably, the, uh, I mean, arguably the best heavyweight right now you could get, you know, ch- still champ, let's be honest. He didn't lose the title in the UFC, still the heavyweight champ, which is the current best heavyweight boxer in the world. And they're going to do it in Saudi Arabia on the biggest possible stage. Fuck, dude. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm probably saying fuck a lot, but it's like, dude, I don't, I can't describe my excitement, dude. I yeah. just, I wanted to be, it's in October, right? I just wanted to be October. Yeah. I wanted it to happen. I, 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 I might even buy it, dude. Like, that's how I excited. But you know, I'm not going to go to my Buffalo. I'm not going to go to my local Buffalo Wild Wings for this one. <laughs> it's just for, just for the, just for the culture, man. And, and to support my boy, you know, Francis too, because I'm sure he'd be getting some pay-per-view money yeah. too. It's, it's it, it just, there's just something so, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I think it's just excitement. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm look. All that talk about France and Ghana fumbled the bag, and even some of like our own subscribers, like I've I've said, like guys, like let's let's be slow on this. Like boxing deals take time. Like like I even you know I, I made fun of people that said that like France was afraid of John, like and that he fumbled the bag and this and this and this. It's just like, dude, like. He won. You got to give him credit. There's nothing else to say. Francis Ngannou won. He got out. He got out of his contract, and he's getting what he wanted. Francis Ngannou got one up on Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor stayed in the UFC, and they took half his money from the Floyd fight. They took half of his hundred mil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, Francis is going to get all of that. Dude, how much and is Francis going to make? That's what I want in there. Well, so it, a lot of people. It, it depends on pay per view. But Saudi Arabia is paying the highest paychecks right now that have been seen in the sport. I mean, they're they are paying insane, insane money. So I'm I'm willing to bet that Francis Gone is going to get a massive fucking payday for this. Um, you know, in regards to the fight itself, uh, you know, obviously Big Fran's going to have his cutout before cutout for him. Um, I would have given him a much better chance if this is going to be a four-round fight or, like, an experimental fight in, like, a cage or, like, mixed rules or something. If it's just a boxing match, uh, it's just ten rounds, like, I don't have much optimism. But, hey, look, I mean... Hey, man, he, he, did, he did the right thing, though. If if you were you either had to go really low and build yourself up or shoot really, really high. I felt like you couldn't really go in between, right? Because... He's, if, if if he fucking goes out there and does it small and he loses, well, okay, he tried. Maybe boxing wasn't. And then, it, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. But since he went really high, I mean, again, you know, he kind of said, okay, well, he shot high and it didn't work out. So I think this is actually one of the best case scenarios for him because if he does win, it's, I mean, it really is just a win-win for him at the end of the day because he could just go back to MMA. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I have to think about Ngannou. It's like he's not really risking anything. He's going to get a massive payday. He got out of the UFC, and he gets to stick it to Dana White and all those people that told him that, like, And think oh, about yeah. it. If he wins, you know, like – you know that you know we're kind of all just kind of writing it off, right? Like I, I get it, but that's all. That's still a serious possibility. You know, there is a chance. I mean, it's heavyweight. If there's one division where you can get get away with boxing, and I think do something, it's this one. And I mean, that's I mean, Tyson Fury's. You know, what is it? Was it two? Two? It's is it two or three? Deontay Wilder fights. I always fuck. I did. I forget. It's been so long, right? Uh, three, three. Deontay yeah, three. You know, went through three Deontay Wilder fights. Got dropped in two of those. Got tagged. I mean, like, you know, there there is a world, right? Uh, there's always that possibility. Don't you know? Don't write our man out. I think all us, all of us as MMA fans should really be rallying behind Francis, giving him a lot of support because this could be a really big moment in combat sports history. And uh, we're kind of like, oh yeah, he's gonna get paid, and that's kind of all how we're looking at it. I don't, I don't see a lot of people thinking like, looking at the potential of, of looking at the other end of things do go his way. You know, yeah. like, what if Francis does knock out Tyson Fury? You know. How does that reality look? Like, that's a possibility. Is it a likely one? Not a lot, but still, though, like, what are the conversations then? Like, are we looking at Joshua? Are we looking at Deontay? Why? You know, like, what is the future going forward if he ends up coming on on the other side? I mean, obviously, we'll have to talk about that after the fight and with the results, but you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, theory crafting a little bit beforehand and kind of living in the moment before yeah, we even yeah, get there. Yeah, I mean, look, man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just ecstatic. I'm over the fucking moon, Francis Ngannou. I think it's been a long time that, like, this is a historic thing. And I think that, like, we should think about why this moment happened. And we have to give a shout-out to the people that have been quietly fucking working behind the scenes. Because, you know, like, look, we talk about fighter pay a lot. And it's understandable. And who do we talk about when it comes to fire? We talk about guys like Jake Paul. We talk about Dana White making this big statement or that big statement. The quiet work with fighter pay and improving stuff behind the scenes it's not thanks to Jake Paul. It's not thanks to this. It's not thanks to that. It's thanks to the UFC lawsuit, which is currently ongoing. The current UFC antitrust lawsuit, which is being brought forward by guys like Nate Ori, being brought forward by guys like Kung Lee, who have gotten it and fighting for the ability for fighters to get what they deserve. And the reason, the only reason why this is happening, again, is because changes have been made Thanks to that antitrust lawsuit, including the cap of which, how long they're able to keep people in contracts, and so on and so forth. So shout out to Nate Corey, shout out to Kung Lee. I mean, the, the class, the, the representatives of the lawsuit, and name them all. Kung Lee, Nathan Corey, John Fitch, Brandon Vera, and Kyle Kingsbury. Shout out those men, and obviously the lawyers and representatives that they worked with for helping to uh, improve the sport of mixed martial arts. And also, letting France and Gano get a massive payday. So shout out him, man. Um, Dude, what's that undercard gonna look like? That's a, that's another thing I'm curious about. I'm interested to see if they have MMA guys or boxing guys. Right? I mean, that's I'm interested to see. I mean, shit with with Kingpin and uh, fucking Misfits and all that, and Jake Paul and BKFC, man. I mean, there's a lot of options out there, right? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Um. Anyways, man, we should go ahead and talk about the next the, the fight in Austin because. You know, the Ngannou news, Ngannou played it perfectly. Can we, can we agree on that? Because right. on Friday, Friday midday, 
<laughs> Ari Hawani came out with a tweet saying that France and Ghana versus Tyson Fury will be announced very shortly. Naturally, Dana White sees this and two hours later announced John Jones versus Steve Amiocic. Suddenly, everybody forgot that France and Ghana versus Tyson Fury was even a thing. And then a couple of days later, Francis actually announced the fight and got all the buzz right. And the UFC had no shots left to fire. But nonetheless. I still can't uh, believe he got him, dude. Like, what the fuck? He actually got him. Like, it didn't seem like it was actually going to happen, but he did. Hey, dude. Hey. And everybody said he fumbled the bag, too. Everybody said he fumbled the bag. Everybody said, oh, because, you know, one championship said that they were going to sign him. Like, anybody gives a fuck what Chaudhry thought about it. You know what I mean? Like. Anyways, man, I mean, look, I just, I, I just, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. Hey, you know what? Everybody thought, because Francis was quiet this whole time, that nothing's going to happen. But you know what, Angel? Real G's moving in silence, like lasagna. And that's what Francis Ngannou has done over the last few months and gets a big fight. Shout out to him. So happy for him, man. Um, but I did reference it. We got a, we got a massive fight announcement, because... We've been talking about John Jones, Steve Miocic forever. Um, I mean, the, I remember as far back as like 2018, these two were potentially talking about fighting. Um, ultimately, this is the fight they were hoping for in March. Ended up having to be postponed. He ended up, John Jones ended up fighting Cyril Ghana instead, but the deal is finally done. They will be fighting November in the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. What do you think, man? Banger. I think it's the right fight to make. I feel like these guys should have... I felt like no matter what, John had to fight Stipe, like a heavyweight. Like, it's something that had to happen. Because, I mean, Stipe's a very established heavyweight. He does a lot of things well. I think stylistically it's a good matchup. I know Stipe is removed from the sport, but look, let's be honest. Like, we really don't know how John really is as a heavyweight fully yet. I mean, like, we didn't get to see him a lot. And, I mean, Stipe's taken breaks before, and he's come back and done his thing, so... I, I think this matchup makes a lot more sense than what people think. You know, I feel like people are going to try to downplay it because of, like, how long Stipe's been gone and because of recent losses and all that. But, dude, no, like, there's still a lot to see for John. We really haven't seen John as a heavyweight fully, and we might not ever have to because he might just come out here and do this, maybe not exactly the same thing, but a similar thing he did against gone to Stipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, we said this at the time back in March, and, and we even got some people who, like, I, I, like, I saw some cops like get shit on us at the time, but, uh, <laughs> like, we basically said back in March, they were like, you know, this is a huge win, but, like, there's still only so much that we saw out of him. You know what I mean? Like, he, you know, took him, took him down and basically sat on him and, and tapped him out inside of two minutes. Like, we, we didn't see anything from John Jones. Like, how will he do in the fifth minute? How will he do in the tenth minute? How will he do in the fifteenth minute? He literally just slipped a punch, got a takedown, and Sudogon gave, gave him up. You know what I mean? Like, he, it basically is. So, I mean, there's still a lot we haven't seen. I still, I think this was the right fight. As big of, as big of a Sergey Pavlovich fan I am, I hope I get to see that fight. For the history of John versus Stipe, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, I don't have too many thoughts on this outside of that. We've been waiting for this one for a long time. Excited to see it. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it actually happens. Hopefully. Because I know that it's already been said that these guys have not actually signed the contract. This is one of those things where, like, Dana needed, like, a fight announcement. So, like, they both vaguely said yes, and he got on, on the, the camera. I hope this is actually happened. So we'll see, though. But uh, anyways, man. Admittedly, I don't think there's a lot to say here. But I think we've been giving weekly updates. So we have to continue doing it. Conor McGregor lost again last night of the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> 
They are now 0-7. I hate to laugh, but, like, dude, it's, like, it's getting worse week by week at this point. Because, basically, they went in there, and Jason Knight submitted his boy in, like, 30 seconds. I mean, it was bad, dude. I mean, what do you what do you think, man? Fuck, man. This was a rough one, dude, because it was so quick. And I even joked about it last week. I'm like, dude, do you like how they didn't show any highlights? Because that probably means the fight ended so fucking quick. And look, <laughs> the f- we came around, and the fight ended, ended quick. Yeah, the fight ended basically instantly. Dude, uh, and the other thing is, we talked about this in private, and we're like, I was like, I asked him, like, has anybody ever, like, gone, like, you know, all the guys I've lost? And you told me, you're like, I'm pretty sure someone has in the past. Well, apparently we found out last night that no, it's actually never happened in Ultimate Fighter history. A team has never fully lost with at least, I'm assuming, one or two people winning. So, Conor McGregor might be making history here in a week or so. First time for everything, baby. You know, like it's just, right? I don't know what to say about it, man. I mean, it is like, I mean, you look at the raw. I mean, we said this, we said this a couple times now, but you look at the rosters. I think again, Connor would have not had that much success. I think if the if the teams were flipped, I think if you had fucking Joshua Fabia coaching Michael Chandler's team, it would have been like fifty fifty. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's just such a deep talent difference in the two squads. But that being said. The, the, to go winless is still a really bad look, and it looks like that's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I don't have too much to add to this. It's just, what do you say at this point if you're Connor? It's like, I saw him like the, the after the, he he didn't even get that angry this time. He just like saw it and he was like, dude, like are you fucking like are you kidding? He, me? he, he already knew, right? He's like, God, he's like, what the fuck am I even like? <laughs> yeah, man, it's rough. It's rough, and. Um, We'll see. We'll see how things go, man. We'll see. How, we'll see if he gets a win. Um, doesn't look good though. Does not look good. Nonetheless, we have a couple of influencer boxing events going down this weekend. This will go ahead and close out the show. Kingpin, which actually was like reported to be on the verge, not even on the verge, was bankrupt. The event was canceled. Apparently, DAZN swooped in last second. Save the card, save the company, and have the broadcasting rights. So, the zone now has not only Kingpin on their network, they also have Misfits. These two are having events this weekend. Um, what do you think, Angel? Obviously, Kingpin. They have the semifinals uh, going down, which is obviously King Kenny versus Winters and Nunez. Obviously, uh, Andy's and Gibb versus Jarvis. Obviously, our my, my girl, you know, Barbie is back. You know, um, very excited for her to come back. Come on, dude! The real female fight of the night is is uh, was it Julia Poca versus Elle Brooke. Come on, dude! No, I don't care. Um, <laughs> That's the real. Yeah, you just don't want to get in trouble, do you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we got we got. Uh, I'm not getting in trouble at all. Actually, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not either. I'm dead serious. Uh, but nonetheless, M- Misfits Boxing—they're also having an event going down. Um, I believe, actually, never mind, Angel, I could be off. I believe that one is not until next Saturday. I, I'm wrong. They're off by one week. Nonetheless. God, Josh, you fucking, do I need to fucking hit you again? You're lucky I'm not next to you, well, right? The, the, I, was, I wasn't even bringing stuff to preview the Misfits card. I was bringing it up so we could talk about, like, how Kingpin is, like, the, the kind of complication with the zone there. Because uh, the zone sweeped in last second. They saved the card. I wonder why. What do you I think wonder- about all this drama, dude? Because KSI is, like, literally going at his own right now and i mean what's your interest level for this this weekend's event as well i thought dude first campaign was a banger i thought it, i told you I, I felt like as far as like boxing it was up there it might have been one of the best 
if not yeah. the best as far as influencer boxing. And this week, I mean, shit, they're getting better each week. We saw Winterson Nunes last time out, how he looked. King Kenny's improved a lot. I mean, that is the highlight match of the fucking night. Uh, we'll see bro- potentially both Brooks sisters be facing off potentially. We saw what, uh, Julia Poker could do. We saw her skill set. Obviously, she's a, a fitness, uh, gal on Instagram and is, and is obviously decided to take the step forward and do this and, and, uh, in the tournament. And dude, Jarvis and fucking our guy, uh, Anderson Gibb. I mean, that's a, that's a must see right there. You know, we, we got some big matchup. We got some heat and now, I mean, shit, there's, you know, these, it's, it's the crossover. I mean, this, these guys can also cross over now to, uh, soon to, uh, to, uh, Misfits. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's also open for the door for those people. I mean, I feel like the, 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 uh, I think this was a smart decision by the zone. I think this was intelligent. I think this saw the kind of attention that Winterson Nunes and, and, uh, and, and Julie Poker brought in, and, and generally those people on that card, like I said, dude, uh, you know, us Americans and, and maybe some Europeans don't know who Winterson is, but this guy has like 60 million followers on Instagram, dude. Like, he's a big-time celebrity in Brazil, and I'm guessing just – and including, you know, Portuguese fans. I mean, shit, there's a picture on his Instagram with Charles Oliveira, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this guy has some pool. I, I I think he's been like uh, – someone on the broadcast, he's compared him to like – he's like their Kevin Hart, you know? He's like this com- – he does comedy. Like, that's his whole thing. But shit, he's got some – we saw that he has some fucking hands just a few months back. Yeah, man. I mean, you pretty did a pretty good job of highlighting most of the fights on there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of storylines going this one, man. And uh, I know that KSI and the whole the zone situation with Kingpin obviously nearly going bankrupt, and that was a whole thing, man. Um, I'm intrigued to see if they do cross over um, from like promotion to promotion. If that does end up being the case, that could actually be the best thing for for influencer boxing. Um, but yeah, man. I mean. Ultimately, I'm pretty excited for this weekend's card. I think there's a lot of interesting fights. I think that at this stage, you know, I don't know what the fuck Misfits is doing. I hate all pretty much most of the recent... I don't know if you're in agreement with this, but, like, the tag team... I was fine with, like, a tag team boxing match, maybe, like, on an undercard. Now they're having, like, two an event, like, including, like, the main event being, like, a fucking... I just I just can't get down with that. Yeah, they took they took they took a little step back. I feel like they they needed to take a little step forward. And I think he's been coming in with the tournament is kind of going right back in the right direction. Yeah, because I I mean I don't I don't know what the fuck Misfits boxing he's doing right now, man. I mean I just I don't know who won. Like I mean obviously tag team boxing did get like some some interest on online, but like to have them like in the main event and like. Like, for example, Dean the Great's not fighting, like, Waleed, and they're, like, like, they've been talking about that fight forever, but instead Dean the Great's going to fight in some random fucking tag team match against two guys who I don't even think of boxing. Like, just, I don't know what the fuck, who's making the match, making decisions over there, but I'm way more excited for Kingpin these days. But, you know, we'll have to see how things go, especially this weekend, because it is one of their, you know, um, it is only their second real major event, I guess I should say. Nonetheless, man. We do have one last thing to talk about. One last thing. Kevin Lee does not fit in the UFC. Kevin Lee, one week after his knockout, not, excuse me, not knockout, submission loss where he got put out cold, he has retired. Um, he said that there's more to life than fighting and that he's ready to begin a new chapter of his life. Angel, what do you think about the end of the career of the Motown Phenom? Hey man, if, if if that's what he wants to do, that's perfectly fine. You know, as long as you know he's living on his own terms, which is always a great thing. 
I mean, I just thought, dude, like the first fight back, I mean, they did not like this was very clear. They did not like Kevin Lee in some capacity because they did not give him a, a good matchup back. I mean, this guy, dude, we're not freaking Dean. We're not for, for I can't even fucking say it. we're not. It was a fucking killer, dude. We knew that. I even told you, I'm like, dude, this I don't even know why they made this fight. Like, what the fuck? This is not the fight to make. And uh I feel like uh for Kevin, dude, I mean, he also has like. So his legs were, or his feet or legs were hella wrapped up, or his knees were hella wrapped up. But there's some stuff there. I feel like he's a little broken down too. Um, and yeah, he beat Diego Sanchez, Josh. But let's be honest, a guy at his age and with how good he looked at one point in his career didn't beat Diego Sanchez the way a guy like the way he was once looked at should be beating Diego Sanchez. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and that should have been a clear indicator for us. But you know, we wanted to be hopeful. We we're like, you know, something. He just need to get one back and, and kind of get on a roll. Uh, it just, it just seemed like Kevin Lee was never going to get exactly back to where he once was. Whatever things led to that and added up to it, I don't know. But as long as he has the sport on his own accord, then I think that's all that matters. And much luck to him in his career, you know, whatever his future endeavors are. And we'll definitely be missed. I do think there was potential fights that could have been good and matchups that could have been interesting. I mean, shit, I think, like you said, the Tony fight at 170 with him could have been interesting. Uh, you know, uh, other guys there. There, there was, there were some potential choices. It just didn't end up going his way, and it's very sad because at one point in time, Kevin Lee looked like he could have been something very, very special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it is a shame. It is a shame that um, they did. It went the way that it did. Because I remember Kevin Lee, man. I mean, he looked to be a future USC champion. And like, look, he fought for an interim title. He had some very, very big fights. He had major knockouts, incredible moments. I mean, Kevin Lee is not a guy that is, is like, a lot of fans meme on him and a lot of fans dunk on him. They're like, what is he? He's like, if you look at it from, like, you know, he's, like, in the top 1% of most successful MMA fighters, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't reach the heights of being UFC champion, but he got damn close, dude. I mean, the Motown Phenom, hell of a career, man. I'm glad that he ended his career in the UFC. Um, that's, like, a minor thing, but I'm personally happy that that's, that ended up uh, happening that way. Um, and, and I'm not very surprised. I mean, I, I think after the way, the way that that fight went with Renat, man, he looked, he looked like he could barely, I mean, he didn't look like an athlete out there. You know what I mean, he didn't look like Kevin Lee out there. He, I don't know who that was, but that was not the Motown Phenom. You know what I mean? And I think he was aware of that too. So anyways, man, I think, I, I think that's about it. I mean, hell of a career. Any closing thoughts before you want to go ahead and uh, close out here, man? No, nothing else, man. Obviously sad to see, but obviously to kind of look forward. Obviously very excited for the fights this week as much as I can be. And for the and uh, next week, Josh was a banger. We're back in London. Tom Aspinall's back from injury. And after that, obviously UFC 291. And, uh, you know, I, I completely forgot Kingpin was going on, man. But I'm I'm actually very excited about it because last Kingpin was a banger. And I think this one will be great, too. So for anybody out there, I do definitely recommend you go check out Kingpin because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the quality of combat you'll get there from, from the influencers because uh, these guys and gals have been really been putting in the work and are getting significantly better, especially, like I said, the main event, Kenny and, and Winterson Nunes. Those guys have got some fucking serious skills, and I think we're due for a very highly competitive matchup in there. You know, five three-minute rounds, there's a lot that can go down in that, man, so definitely don't want to miss that. And obviously, uh, Jarvis and Gibb, don't blink. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Very, very excited to see that card going down this weekend. I'm admittedly more excited for that card than I am for the UFC one. Right? Um, a little a little embarrassing, isn't it, huh? 
I mean, I just, I, I, I just like. Okay, it's gonna sound weird, but like, do you, is it because it's entirely at the apex for you? Cause I don't think it's like entirely that reason, but like that plays like a fifty percent role. I think. I, do, I don't think. If, I think this card could literally be in Jacksonville, Florida, and it wouldn't make me any more excited. Actually, well, I disagree. I disagree with that. Just, but I, you know what? No, I, I get no, it's still not a good no. card on paper either way. No, because you don't actually. You know something? Because if it was actually in Florida, the card would be better. You like they would have put they would have put better fighters on the carpet. You got a good point. Yeah, the man. More, um, the more notable ones. There is a lot of combat to watch this weekend. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. It's a big ass month for combat sports. It's a big year, so hope you guys enjoy it. And thanks for listening uh, to the podcast, man. We've been killing it on YouTube recently, man. We we hit a little. Admittedly, we hit a little bit of like a a uh, you know we hit a bit of a wall there. But since you know. Over the last, I guess, like, since the start of July, we've just been killing it, and that's all thanks to you guys. Like, we wouldn't have a show without you guys, and uh, we appreciate it, and we love you all. Thank you all for listening. I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He's at AngelOrtego underscore 01, a courtside sound for all things related to the show. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.